Do 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 Switch Mania Playcast. Welcome to episode 21 of the Switch Mania Playcast. The plus plus episode. I thought you were going to go with Ninja Sode. Oh, that would have been a good one. <laughs> that was that just was, off was... the top of my head, man. I'm telling you, as we get more into this, it's getting harder to come up with uh, witty titles. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, my last name is Wittenhagen. I should definitely be the witty one of the... <laughs> That's true. <laughs> the ninja sode. <laughs> the retro <laughs> world of sode. <laughs> there you go. So, all right. Take two. <laughs> the fail of sode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. So... It was a bit, a bit interesting because um, last week's episode we had um, a two weeks for an episode. And then we had the panel go live. Yes, we did. Sans me. So, <laughs> you so were I, there. I got stories, though. I got stories. That was It was a crazy panel because, yeah, it was... JP's like, I'm worried about going on. And it's like he went, like, full born, like, went crazy. It was great. <laughs> I've never led a panel before. Yeah, you'd find though. And I was literally sitting where I'm sitting right now while he was doing the panel, which was That's hilarious. True. Hilarious. <laughs> so we can either go into feedback from the last episode like we normally do, um, mm-hmm. or we can go into retro expo stories. We can always do you start with feedback. Right. So I don't, I don't know if you saw. I don't have it open, but I did see that we got a new score on a- Apple Podcast, and we did get a review. I don't know if you noticed that. I'm gonna, I'm just gonna quickly click really quick, and I'm gonna pull it up uh, so we can read it. But it was really cool. It was really nice. It was a five star, which is always appreciated. So thank you to everybody that has left us. Or is going to after they read this episode. And what's really interesting... So, so JP, I've never know- the last time yeah. I looked, we did have, like, 16 ratings, right? I see. Yeah, and I just... ratings, JP. 81! Yeah. You guys are crazy, <laughs> listeners. Like... <laughs> what happened there? Yeah, there's a couple. Like, what? I've, I've I never... looked in a while, man. <laughs> no, we have 80... Yeah, wow. So this is... Oh, my God. Yeah, I don't know where these all came from. Oh, my God. Okay, yeah, I think we have... Wow, we have quite a number of them. Okay. Okay, um, we're slackers. We apologize. (laughs) Wow, not only do we have, like, the the ratings, we actually have, like, comments. Oh, my God. so let's go from... It looks like... Wow. August 15 says, It's really great to hear their thoughts about different Switch games. August 16th. This is the first podcast I've listened to. I love it. Love the insight of Mario Tennis Aces. Um, now we got September 20th. Uh, and this is about when the contest would lie, so that makes sense why we have 81. Um, love the content as a fellow Switch fan. I subscribed. Um, and that was from Draquior. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we got Malgon. One six eight, amazing content for a diehard Switch fan and for the casual Switch fan too. Um, Velikost says, "Cool Switch focused podcast, good hosts that cover everything Switch based. Definitely worth checking out." Um, we got Water H two O, love listening to this podcast. Very nice, and they have awesome topics each time. Um, and then we have Man Eating Turtle. <laughs> so, <laughs> I ain't listened. I just want free stuff. But I bet it's good. 
<laughs> that was definitely for the uh, for the contest. I feel like this guy needs to win just because of his honesty. And he's a man-eating turtle, so he, he is very good. <laughs> um, the thing is, though, is that those of you that stick around, we appreciate you. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, then we got one stop pod for everything Nintendo and the obscure releases you never knew you wanted. Until now. <laughs> that was from Ral3N, um, or Rallin. Um, and then we got Kalmon79. That says fun podcast for the Nintendo Switch fan. Um, Sifmeister says love what y'all do. Keep up all the good work and thanks for it. Um, his um, title was Switch Giveaway, by the way. So. <laughs> Um, the guy named Bruh. He says, Epic. <laughs> uh, Radically Maxstone says, Love the show. Very informative. See what happens when we take one week off and then we. I know. We Everybody. They're like, We need to leave some feedback so they'll come back. Um, this one says, Like the new Angry Video Game Nerd. <laughs> I love this podcast. Thanks to their great giveaway. I hopped in and was introduced to this little podcast. I was intrigued. So far, so great. And that was from Doomslayer Lance. Oh, thank um, you. Nick the Lion 909 says, I thought I first heard of this podcast because of the giveaway. It really sounds cool, and I can definitely see myself listening to more in the near future. That's um, awesome. LOL Bossman says, love it. Enough said. <laughs> <laughs> Switch fan says, absolutely love this podcast. So informative, and the hosts are hilarious. A, much, a must for any Switch collector. Um... Young Gunnus says Debizcom. And then we have I can't think of any more nicknames, 98. Um <laughs> says love the coverage. <laughs> That's well, awesome. Like you guys are all crazy. Um I love it. Uh I we did not like he's like, Oh yeah, we got a new uh a new person. I'm like, no, we had like I, sixteen likes, now we have eighty one, JP. You know, you know what's funny is that like, you know, we have the contest with you and you keep going on. So we mentioned to check out the podcast if they could leave us a review. But what's really interesting is I've done a lot of giveaways on, on my Twitter channel. And I used to see similar comments going like, you know, I came for the contest. I stayed for the content. And it's and it's true. I mean, you know, we like doing giveaways. It's always fun because, one, I just really enjoy spreading the Switch love. So if I can get a Switch game or even a console into somebody's hand that hasn't had it before... To me, that's always worth it. Like, I'll do it every day if I could. But I really love when people, you know, they come on to here, they enter a giveaway, and they stay, right? So they actually listen. A lot of them listen to the show now, and they want to keep listening. And to me, that's a win because, you know, we want people to know about the, the show. We want people to know about our channels, even the Switch Collector book. And it's hard because there's just so much content out there, so you kind of have to differentiate yourself just a little bit and if the giveaway is that gateway to get them to notice us i'm perfectly fine with that because we do have really good rich content and you know i i think we're enjoyable i listen to ourselves in the car so i think we're worth listening to and i like that <laughs> they they stick around and and they're in for you know hopefully the long haul which is going to be a very fun ride with when it comes to the switch I'm just picturing JP sitting in his car going do 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 all day like, while he's listening to us. Like, I, I sometimes have to remember I'm at work and I can't answer the phone that way. <laughs> uh oh. Now some people know where you're at because they know hey. the answer. <laughs> I'm waiting I'm waiting for that day where I accidentally do that and then somebody's like, JP switch mania? And I'll be like, woohoo. <laughs> I did it. <laughs> I've been made. <laughs> Like tomorrow I'm going to, to Comic-Con and I'm like, I'm tempted to wear my shirt if I can fit into it. And I just want to, I just, I want one person 
just to come up to me and just go like do 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 JP switch me and I'll be like thank you. Which um which Comic Con? Just New York Comic Con? This is the New York Comic Con. Yeah, so if you're at New York Comic Con, go find JP Switch Mania. You'll see him out there. Yes, please do. I'll be with Destiny FOMO. Uh oh. Trouble. We'll be hanging out for the day. Oh yeah. <laughs> so yeah, is uh that's really awesome. Thank you for leaving a review. Uh, we definitely appreciate it. And def- it will help us be found mm-hmm. in Nintendo Switch Podcast. I think the last time we looked, we were like number eight if you typed in Nintendo Switch, which, you know, the fact that we're at episode 21 mm-hmm. was, pr- was pretty awesome in and itself. Um, nowadays, though, who knows? We might have got b- bumped up a little bit. Um, I'm so Still looks like we're number eight, but that doesn't mean that it's ranked. It's just, you know, when people started to. Right. Um, Yeah, it's going to be interesting going forward because, you know, as we always say, like, we play as we can. We're Mm -hmm. real people. We have real jobs and real families. Like, I was talking with JP today. I literally had a phone call with a casting director from a a soon-to-be television show about hunting for houses. Because mm-hmm. um, I'm about to move from Texas over to Georgia. And so we might actually be, like, recorded and, like, go out and be on TV. So mm-hmm. you better believe that I'm going to mention the Switch Mania Playcast. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> it's hilarious, though. And the, um, the, the casting director, she is a big-time, like, Fox and like IHG, which is the household channel and all that mm-hmm. stuff. And, and I was like, yeah, my daughter likes doing Minecraft. She's like, oh, I could help out her channel. <laughs> I'm like, I'm That's like, awesome. Wow, that would be awesome. My daughter is a little character, too. She's still she's probably playing <laughs> Minecraft right now, actually. <laughs> but, like, yeah, it's super cool. Um, so let's swing into the, um, the episode before we get too carried away because sure. – we definitely don't want to get too off on a tangent, but I promise you, we will get into the Retro World Expo massacre that happened, because I got some stories for y'all. <laughs> and you know, as I'm in Texas, I have to say y'all. That, that just, y'all. Just have to. I, I never said that, by the way, before I moved to Texas. <laughs> and, <laughs> as soon as you move, you just start saying it for some reason. Yeah, it's just weird. The, the funniest thing is, is my wife doesn't really like the area we're in in texas she likes like austin and san antonio but our Mm -hmm. is middle of nowhere can't drink the water and my daughter going into first grade last year um Mm -hmm. she was pledging allegiance to the state of texas after the (laughs) pledge of allegiance and my wife was losing her mind it was awesome (laughs) i was like what is happening (laughs) it's it's pretty funny um so let's go ahead and talk about the game of the episode Yes, let's do it. It was N++, um, which is a platforming game developed and published by MetaNet Software. It's the third installment of the N franchise that started with an Adobe Flash game called N, and then the sequel N+, which was initially released for PS4, um, and then Microsoft Windows and Mac OS, um, and then the expansion to the game wasn't entitled N++, the Ultimate Edition, which was released for Windows and later mm-hmm. for the Nintendo Switch mm-hmm. in May of 2018. So, super cool to um, be able to cover this game. 
Um, mm-hmm. I know JP could probably go into who released this physically. It's uh, by a company named Super Rare Games from the UK. Which is really they- awesome that we see more and more releases from other regions and yes. george is awesome from super rare like yes, super is. cool guy he's communicates with us on all the different forums like part of why yeah. the switch switch community is awesome what what i love and i know we're gonna go on a little george tangent really quick but he <laughs> is first and foremost a a collector he is a switch i won't say fanatic but he is just amazing because like i believe he actually even got a, a switch logo tattoo and he his company when he started it it is primarily Nintendo Switch. Not primarily. It is only Nintendo Switch. He doesn't create and publish physical games for any other console. He is Nintendo Switch only, which, hey, as a big Switch collector, I am perfectly okay with that because you know every single game he releases, I'm going to be getting because it's for the Switch. And what's funny is that this one is number eight in their collection. It's actually a pretty early on game for them because i think they already released their 21st or 22nd game with dark side detectives and this is only only a little after a year like he has been consistent in saying that they want to release one game a month and there's been i think one instance or two instances where they've released two games a month um or they've you know maybe missed a month so they played catch up but it's been pretty consistent with one game a month and what's really nice is their games are in hand. The best part is that the games are in hand. So it's not like the other companies where they're still waiting on approval from Nintendo or like in other company cases. Like So waiting for approval is kind of what Limited Run does because they're waiting either for approval or for patches to be approved so they can put the complete game on a cartridge. Other companies are like waiting for the funding to pay for the print run. Uh, the difference is Super Rare already has the games package ready. So when you pre-order, it's shipping like within a week, basically, is what I've seen. Yeah, it's I, I absolutely love it when they post a game and they're like, oh, yeah, we're going to be announcing this game. It's going to go live on Tuesday. Oh, and here it is already. And it, what's awesome is that if you are a Super Rare Club member, so if you signed up, I believe it was early in the year, they have a small window where you can sign up and it gives you access to pre-order or purchase the games early. So when you get to do it earlier than like the, you know, the masses, the normies. By, the t- <laughs> by the normies, by the time it opens up for them, your game is already shipping, which is insane. And if you're in the UK, you get the game in a couple of days. You know, I'm in the US, so it, it takes about a week or so. But I mean, the game's already shipping as the pre-order window is still open. And I say pre-order window, but I really mean their ordering uh, timer, however you want to call it. But it's crazy. It's just, you know, you know you're going to get that game within the same month. And it's just a a great feeling because when it's a game you're really looking forward to, it's just like, oh, it's already going to be here. There's no delays. There's nothing that's going to hold it up. It's it's in his hand. He's showing a real picture of it. And that's awesome. So so you want to hear something crazy about N++ Ultimate Edition? Yes. So this expansion... And I guarantee you, neither of us got to this. Um, it brings the level count up to 4,340 levels. Yeah, not even close. <laughs> there's apparently 60 new color schemes, and there's a hardcore mode aimed toward veteran players. So yeah. that's the N++. So how far did you get, JP? So, so I have mine open, and I... So it goes intro... N++, Ultimate, and Legacy. Those are the four categories that they have on the main menu. 
I am an intro, and it goes from A00 to A04, and then, you know, so on. I am on C03. So I played 14 levels. 15 minutes you played the game, people. I played 14 (laughs) levels with five mini-levels inside each one. And you know what, though? It's not for lack of time. It is challenging and this is still the intro i mean it's crazy (laughs) how fast it it ramps up i would say the difficulty because you know it starts off very simplistic kind of like you know make your way from left to right and jump over this and avoid this one obstacle or enemy and then it just gets crazy and i can't even and you can't even really unlock from what i can see more than five levels at a time like ahead of you yeah so the top of the each um, section that you mentioned, like so, an intro, the top tier, so A through Alpha through Echo. Oh, you can hit locked. right. <laughs> so I had no idea you could hit L and R to move to the next one. Yeah, I thought you had to beat each one. But so, so, wow, like, so like for me, I went wow. through and played each mode. Um, I completely beat everything in intro because that mm-hmm. was it was, and I did that last. But it's not; it's very fair. Um, I went through and beat all the the top levels and a bunch down for N plus plus. For what are the other ones that are, you're seeing on the screen? There's N so plus intro, N plus plus, ultimate, and legacy. So I, yeah, I beat a like basically a good ten levels in each one. Legacy, ultimate. I went online. That like went to some user created ones. They troll the hell out of you, by the way. The user ones. <laughs> There's literally one where you just fall and explode, and I don't know how you beat it. Like I touch every button, I just keep falling and exploding a million times, and you can't survive. Like I don't know if it's like Mario Maker Two, where you have to complete the level before you upload, but I'm thinking not, because mm-hmm. there's like no way. And like I, the cool thing is, is it like ranks you. When you beat mm-hmm. a level, but like I have five people in mind. I don't know if you have more than five, but there's like five scores, and I can usually get like second or third, but I never got first place in any level. No, I yeah, I definitely didn't get first. And the same thing that you mentioned, there was a level where in the intro where you just do a straight jump down, and then you have to like then just hit the Leave left like, and then back to the right. Yeah, but yeah. every time I jumped, I kept dying. And you literally have to, like, jump and at the very last second kind of hit the small little curve to slide. Yeah. And it was I mean, it was the simplest design, right? It was just jump down. And I, I couldn't tell you how many times I exploded. It was ridiculous. <laughs> so so one thing that was crazy, there's another mode outside of the main mode. And I don't know if it was called Endless or it was some kind of campaign type thing where when I went to it, it was like a good 20 to 30 levels in a row. And that level was in there, but I literally went level to level to level to level. And this was after I completed all the intro. Um, and I went through and I beat the whole, the whole thing, the whole section. It was really satisfying though. Um, this is one of those games that's very simplistic um, mm-hmm. The graphics are almost like ASCII characters, like very, uh-huh. very minimalistic. Um, and but it's satisfying when you beat a level, and you can keep playing over and over again until you get it. It's there's no like penalty for death except for watching you explode into bloody guts and gore. Um, well, there is time, so you do have to uh, beat the five levels before the end of the. Yeah. Um, like the counter, like the countdown meter goes at the and top. As you collect the coins, though, it actually yes. increases your timer allotment too. And I, I never even got past like half the time, so I guess it was not really a worry for me. 
No, it seemed pretty fair. Like even when I was running low, it would. I think it. The meta net already kind of knew that because I would die a lot on one level, and then the next level would have plenty of those coins that it would already like replenish the time. So I think they they also kind of understood the how I think players would would fare in each of the levels. So to me, it seemed very fair with the like the replenishment coins. Like being OCD though. There's one thing that didn't really bother me, but it made me want to go back and keep going through the same levels. So if you collect all the coins on a level, it actually shows a coin on the level selection screen. Mm-hmm. So then it shows that you completed it. And it's like, jerks! Now I want to complete every single level. But I actually... And this is something that with the playcast, because I know we have to move on, um, mm-hmm. I've been really good about going back... And just, like, getting through levels and not, like, having mm-hmm. to see every single thing. Because otherwise I won't have as much to talk about and I'll be, like, stuck just... Be like, yeah, I just played one level because I needed every coin. And <laughs> Yeah. I mean, yeah, this show has... Or the playcast for me has definitely made it where I'm okay starting a game and not finishing it. But I remember when we first started talking about doing the show, my first concern was... You know, I don't normally play games that I'm not going to beat because I just don't like having too many things open. And it's gotten to the point where I'm like, you know what? Like, okay, I haven't beaten it, but I got a taste of it. And it gives me a good idea as to whether I want to go back to it or not. And like truth be told right now, you know, I was checking the level where I was in M++ and I'm playing it right now. Like it's that simplistic that I've already beat like another five as we're talking. And it's just so addicting. Like I just, I can't stop. And it's so fun. I mean, it's, it's super cool. Um, so, do we have any listener thoughts or comments from the episode? Yes, we do. This was a good one. And it was funny because I ran this for a day on Twitter. And today, after it ended, uh, MetaNet liked it, which I thought nice. was really awesome. Because I always hope that – I think I'm going to try and get the developers and the publishers involved a little more with these uh, polls. Because I want to get their take as well. And I think it would be cool to have their feedback on it um, because it's something that we can share in a future episode. But I just want to see the best thing like for listeners is that if we get the developers involved too, like when we get to year two for the switch collector book, like Mm -hmm. we'll maybe be able to get their input on the development of the game. And then we really dig deep and that'll be, you know, um, documented for history, which is, that's like the goal right there. That's awesome. Oh, absolutely. And you know, with super rare death being a big part of year two, all the limited publishers, I'm really hoping that, their relationships with the developers would encourage them to to have a voice and and put some words in in our future books on their games because it would be awesome. I always love the behind the scenes and the the stories that go into making the games. And I think you know having the publishers involved with helping us get those developers to talk in the book, I think will go a long way. And I think they would want to also, right? I mean, because they. These publishers have preserved their games, and this book is preserving the entire Switch collection. So I, re- I really hope that you know when year two comes around, we have the developer, the publisher support to get all these developers involved, and I think that would just be amazing and just add even more value to the book. Um, but yeah, let's. And the thing that's interesting too is that we literally will see like there's a lot of new people that are supporting this book on kickstarter and Mm -hmm. as 
people actually see the book in person, they're gonna it'll mm-hmm. blow their mind because that's yeah. the one thing I continually get feedback on is that the the books, the quality of it, the expectations. Like once people start seeing this virtual boy book, they're gonna lose their mind. And then when they see the first Switch Collector, like we're gonna go all out. Like we're not oh. holding back, regardless of what stretch goals it hits. We're gonna try mm-hmm. to shoot for the moon. It's just what we can do financially with it. Exactly. And I will say, well, based on what you just said, I have some feedback that I got from people who stopped at your booth over the, over the retro world con. So we'll talk about that. Um, But let's go into the poll. So as always, I wrote Hey Gonzalez and I are playing M plus plus from MetaNet software and super rare games for this week's episode. Have you played it? What did you think? How far did you get? Comment below and we'll read your responses. So we had 157 votes. So thank you to everybody. 4% of people said they will play it this week. So as always, I hope they do. I hope they, Listen to this episode, they turn on the game, and then they uh, reply back to us or reach out to us and let us know what they thought. So that's I think, 4%. I think next week you got to put, will you play more than JP does? Question mark. Ah, that, you know what? <laughs> Forget we'll play this week. I'll say, will you play more? Yeah, I like that. Will you play more than JP does? <laughs> we'll play more that more. way you know if they listen, they'll be like, yeah, I get it. <laughs> so 13% said own it, haven't played it. 24% have said that they've played it. And 59% have not played it. Hmm. About par for the course, though. Yeah. So let's go in. So we had quite a a number of feedback. So let's go into it. So first one is from Echaz Hodges. He said, I played about a billion hours of N plus on the Xbox 360, completed 100%. It was so grueling at times. I've actually been putting off playing N plus plus outside of the odd level here and there. Definitely need to get into the zone. And then he also stated... On one evening, I remember playing the same level over and over again with a friend at university. On what must have been our three to four hundredth attempt, he just slammed down the controller and went to bed without speaking. <laughs> <laughs> Rage inducing. The thing is, though, is that that's a good point. That this is a really great pick up and play game. Oh, I yeah. could I could absolutely see like this one being bedside and just picking yes. up and playing a level or two and. Probably being so pissed off, I won't be able to fall asleep. But it's still, like, <laughs> it's still good for short term. Maybe even like on a commute or something. Like, yeah, and perfect. yeah. So I, I started playing this one Friday night when I got to the hotel, and I was like, you know what? I kind of want to play Stay the Mind because I still haven't beaten it. And I said, no, I need to start M plus plus. And before I knew it, I went through those fourteen levels, and I go, wow, like that didn't take any time at all, really. Even though I died a lot. But it was so fun. And we didn't mention it, but there's 63 songs by top electronic artists. And the music, to me, is just perfect for the levels. Like, what they've selected, it was just so so catchy and, like, just fit it just so well. Um, so I just want to, to say that. Um, okay. So next is at Juan Blue 85 said, I have played it, and it's great and can be brutal at times, but forgiving as well. So many levels. At Lan- <laughs> like, lots of levels. <laughs> At Landon Wynn, and actually Landon Wynn, I believe, just got the world record on your newest Super Mario Maker 2 course. Oh, no. So, so, con- <laughs> so he was the one that posted, so congrats, Landon. Uh, he wrote, I played it, and it was really fun. I thought the music was really good, and it had tons of levels. Oh, and- by the way, Landon, just so you know, that episode, that uh, that level is devious because I started out with a underwater level. 
and then I just changed it to being platforming. So there's like literally some impossible jumps that you have to like sacrifice Yoshi to, to get there, and it's a speed run. So like they have to maximize hitting the Yoshi block, getting on Yoshi, and and flying and running, and you can't get hit either. So one of the things is uh, the clearing criteria is taking no damage. So it's a pretty devious level. <laughs> like, Trying to be a little bit JP Switch Mania trolling. Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> Troll Mania. At <laughs> Gamer Aus of Australia, Aus. one said the graphics are too simplistic for me. Gameplay is okay, but in this category, I'd rather play games like Celeste, Super Meat Boy, and The End is Nine. Fair enough. At Retro Game Daddy, one great platformer with a ton of content. Great choice. Thank you. And at Zugs Wayne zero two. Haven't played it, but I've watched the Derp Crew play it. Well, now, hopefully, after you listen to this, you're going to play it. And that was our feedback that I got on Twitter. So thank you to everybody. Nice. Mm-hmm. Sweet. Um, <sighs> so what is our rating for this, our recommendation, per se? So for me, I would say if you can find it uh, physically, you know, it's always good to own it, but... This was a super rare game, so it is out of stock. But if you have to get it digitally, I still say get it. Um, I'm going to look it up as I'm talking, so hopefully I can multitask. Yeah. I want to see how much how much it goes for. Um, but I would definitely say that this game is, is worth having on your Switch. Yep. It is a perfect, like you said, pick-up-and-play game. It's so much fun. You get lost in it. And when it's frustrating, you put it down. And when you want to challenge yourself again, you pick it back up. And it's currently going for fourteen ninety nine on the eShop. And honestly, for the amount of content that you get and the level creator and that you can download, you know, um, uh, well, it's a level editor, global level sharing as well. There's just so much content in here that the 15 bucks to me is more than worth it. I mean, yeah, like we didn't even mention the level editor, but you can create your own levels, upload them. Um, that's why I was playing was was created levels. Um, yeah. but it's, it's pretty much never ending. So the amount, the thousands of levels that I mentioned, there's still all the created levels too. So it yeah. goes on forever. It's very minimalistic and easy. And I do want to say, we didn't mention this, but, um, I'm just going to not read the entire back of the case, but I just want to <laughs> say that the hand, they're handcrafted levels. None of them that are included in the game are procedurally generated. So they're all meticulously planned by the developer, which is just insane. Do you have that the case they, in hand? I do. I'm holding Open it. Open it up. What's inside? What did Super Rare give us? I didn't even get to read the back. So Super Rare gave us really cool inside artwork. They gave us the cartridge, which says Mega Man X Legacy Collection. Oh, boy. That's not right. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy is the wrong one. <laughs> but it has a really, really cool colored manual. So I'm looking at this right now. There's about one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten pages. What's really nice is in the back, uh, there's a little note from Mayor and Reagan from MetaNet Software, you know, thanking Super Rare Games for bringing this game physically. Thanks to all of us for playing. They partner with Blitworks to bring the game to the Switch, so thank you, Blitworks. It shows you the enemies. It has some artwork in it, and then it has the controls. And then just a little intro page that says, you are a ninja, and then it goes on. But I absolutely love – and then the back is really cool because the back is a two-tiered shelf with a switch on the sh- on the top shelf and the game you know, turned on. And I think it's really cool. And then the books in the back are like minimalism. 
iconography, geometric. So, you know, it has to do with, you know, helping to design the game, which I just think is really creative. But it has a manual, and I will never get enough manuals for the Switch. Absolutely, and that's one of those things where, like, I love when they print on the inside of the case. I love when we get manuals because it just Mm -hmm. goes that extra mile. I mean, this is all, like, especially with limited companies, it's all for preservation. And Mm -hmm. as you can see, the developers love that they were able to get a physical copy out there on the Switch. Yeah. And it's it's super awesome, um, yeah, for sure. My um, recommendation is absolutely worth hunting down the super rare version um, and getting the physical release. Uh, fifteen ninety, fourteen ninety nine, fifteen ninety nine is a little expensive when it comes for a digital game because it's so minimalistic. But as JP says, it goes on forever. So mm-hmm. I mean, it's good value for for what it is, but it is super simplistic for the price. But getting it physically, that's the way to go. So I will say I'm on eBay right now. Yeah. And looking at the prices, they pretty much go from, like, you can buy it now for $60. I think the game came out at about $33 U.S. when it converted. You're paying double the price, essentially. Um, So so people do not buy it on eBay right now. Just be patient and hunt for it. Because eventually you'll find it for a good price. And it's worth it. Yeah, it absolutely is worth it. And so I, I did want to just say, so we mentioned that the, they're handcrafted levels. There's 4,340 of them. They have local co-op mode up to four players, local competitive mode up to four players, the level editor and global level sharing, leaderboards and replays for every level, intense secret challenges to discover, 63 songs by top electronic artists, 119 unique color palettes, and more. So this game is just really packed as much as they possibly could. And... It shows. I mean, it's just a really fun game. <laughs> exactly. I was going to thank you for picking it, but then I realized I think I picked it. Oh, no, you thank yourself, <laughs> JP. Thank yourself thank- on the back there. I am. I am. <laughs> <laughs> so, so for the next game, yes. um, I'm about to pull a crazy juke move on JP. He thinks we're playing <laughs> one thing, but we're doing something Uh-oh. else. So, yeah. Um, as JP does know, I actually, my job, my work is sending me for training, so we're not going to be able to record for a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. So instead of choosing one game, we're choosing two games. Mm-hmm. Dum, dum, dum. So <laughs> the one game JP already knows, we're going to be playing Link's Awakening. We need to play Legends of Link's Awakening. Um, I've beaten it already, the main mode, but I haven't 100%ed it. So I need to try to find, um, I need to go get to the color dungeon, do some other stuff. So mm-hmm, it would be a mm-hmm. good excuse for me to jump on. The other game that we absolutely need to play, yes. Sydney Hunter. Yes, yes we, we do. play some Sydney Hunter. And that's a, t- that's a platforming game. It won't be that bad because the thing is right now, you know, we're at the beginning of the month, we're not going to be able to record again for one, two, three weeks essentially, but that's Oh two. my god two full weeks of playing um the switch collector kickstarter will be over too so it's we got we got some time but we'll be able to get some good play time in with both games i need to i'm about halfway through sydney hunter right now too so i've been playing it since i, I downloaded it on launch mm-hmm. a huge advocate of collector vision i've been on game Strategy one's channel and he works with that company mm-hmm. um, they've been working on the game for five years so what a what better a way than to do a double header episode recording um when uh, i get back from training it's see cool. now I, 
Now I don't know what to start. Link's Awakening. <laughs> All right. Now I, everybody, now I know what to start. <laughs> Link's Awakening is going to take longer. And once yeah. you pick it up, it's so well done that you won't want to put it down. And it's, yeah. it's great. It's great. Um, and see, what's awesome is Game Theory 1 was very generous because aside from allowing me to play the game, uh, providing a review code for our show, he also gave me one for JP Switch Mania website. So we're going to we're gonna have a full-blown review coming soon onto the website. And I'm excited because, you know, I remember playing the SNES version, and I know this one is different, but I love that they're bringing Sydney Hunter to more and more platforms. And hopefully, you know, sales are going to be good. Remember this, everyone. Buy the digital. We have a good chance of getting a physical. Oh, yeah, like... John like they want to. <laughs> has multiple times said he wants to do it physically. It's just the finances have to be there, and yes. they want to put money into the physical as well and not just let a company run it. So mm-hmm. they want to support it. And I did not get a review copy because I supported them day one and bought it because I wanted to. I, I am a huge supporter, and John is also support all of my book releases. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so... I always, you know, think that you always got to support your friends. So Yes, absolutely. So, yeah, definitely well worth it. Um, the other thing that I have been playing, by the way, JP, um, I actually beat the demo for Dragon Quest Eleven. How long was it? Ten hours. Oh, my God. And I beat it. <laughs> I beat the demo for Dragon Quest Eleven because my has- wife told me I couldn't buy it till I beat the demo. So guess what? <laughs> I bought the game. <laughs> like I was playing it over the weekend, like, and I was like, you know what? And, and the game's amazing. I'm, I mean, I doubt we'll. I mean, if we play it for the playcast, we'll play like a chapter or something because otherwise, uh-huh. you're not gonna have time in a week. Um, but it's amazing. It's awesome, and I definitely wanna make that a priority. But it's, I was running around grinding and just enjoying. So was myself. there a love? Was there a level cap in the demo? No. Oh my god! No, and and it's like ten hours. So like you get through, it shows the whole intro. I'm like, all right, the demo's gonna end. Nope, go again for another few more hours, and it's like, all right, I got this another another character in my party. Demo's gonna end. Nope, and then you get a couple more characters, and then finally, like you're about to progress, and they're like, mm-hmm. all right, so now it's over. Do you? So it's not continue? it's not like a ten hour time demo. It's you get to a certain point in the game. That takes and then about it, 10 hours to get to, but you don't have uh, to quit. You can keep leveling up. And your game transfers uh, over to the main game. So, like, I think I'm at level 15 now, which is pretty tough to do. And the craziest part was is I was waiting because I mentioned I was, you know, did a, a Skype interview with a casting director. Well, we had to wait 15 minutes, and I was just running around on horseback. And if you dash, you can dash through enemies, and it levels you up little bit oh by God. little. Like, it doesn't take as long. You don't get as much um, XP, but you still get a little bit. And I was just running around, like, running through enemies. And I did that for a while, and I gained another level. I was like, well, wow. <laughs> it, was, it was just, like, hilarious, though. So, now, yeah. now, I know you can switch between the 3D and the 2D. Not in the is demo. That, okay, I was going to ask if that was available so or not. The one thing I read about, too, is that if you switch between the 2D and the 3D, you have to go back to a beginning of a story arc. So, oh yeah hmm. so i don't I did not, know if, it sounded 
if, okay. if I can switch to like say if I switch to two D and then go back to a story arc, if I can go back to three D, back to my current timeline, I'm gonna mm-hmm. do that just for grinding because I guess on the overworld you can see hidden items like right out in the open. Mm-hmm. Whereas in three D, they're you know it's it's giant world, it's a huge world, so it's mm-hmm. it's beautiful. Um and apparently it's one of the biggest games out there next to like Xenoblade Chronicles two <laughs> and Monster Hunter World ultimate like it's you know it's huge. yeah it's funny you know we're not even playing this game but there's just so much to talk about and the feedback alone because it's one of my pickups so i picked it up finally and i already got like comments underneath the pickup where people are just like why'd you buy any other game you're gonna be putting thousands of hours into this yeah. one and and there's so many people who said two two things two schools of thought one is that they purposely held out on the ps4 one because they they either got it late or they knew at that point that the Switch one was coming out. So they said, I've, I've been waiting for this. And others have said, I played through the PS4 one. I put so many hours into it and I just can't start it again right now on the Switch. Yeah. But it really sounds like the Switch is like the definitive. I mean, it's it's the definitive version, but it really seems like it is. I mean, like they did, they pulled like no stops to this from, one. From what I heard, read and watched on YouTube, the 3DS version of the game was a mm-hmm. completely from the ground up created version. And wow. this 2D version is a simulance of that 3DS version. And mm-hmm. the PS4 version did not have 2D mode. So yeah. you can literally switch between the modes. It, it's like two different games. And That's insane. I love that. And I guess I guess the Japanese version in the PS4 didn't have voice acting, so it does now on the mm. Switch. Um, and it's just like it's crazy. Like obviously the graphics are are Switch eyes; like, they're a little bit less, mm-hmm. but it's not much. They b- both ran apparently at 30 frames per second, so it's not too much difference. And I haven't really seen any slowdown, so. No. Now, on the back, it says, enjoy all new adventures where the supporting cast takes center stage. Did they did they not have that in the PS4 version then? That I don't know, because I didn't oh, play okay. the PS4 version. Um, I mm-hmm. knew it was coming out on the Switch eventually, and I just held out. Um, yeah. And it's crazy. Um, the other things in Dragon Quest news, um, before we get into pickups, uh, mm-hmm. apparently there was a... I saw a video for somebody in Dragon Quest Builders 2 recreated the entire game of link to the past in it yes i did hear that and i watched the trailer and i'm like oh my god i didn't buy dragon quest builders 2 yet because i haven't beat one and i'm like oh no this is ridiculous <laughs> like if they add missions and stuff like this is oh my god bad like i'm not gonna do anything else ever <laughs> like, um the other thing was a follow-up to last week when we were talking about dragon quest 1 2 and 3 and the version mm-hmm. of the ports um, mm-hmm. I did watch a couple of reviews. It's a port of the mobile version. Yeah, that's what I, really I saw. Really bad, um, oh. jumpy. Like so, when you're moving around the overworld, it's like jerky motions and stuff. So I actually haven't pre-ordered it yet, and I might hold off until they announce or, or fix it with a patch. Because yeah. I'm not gonna get into it, get disheartened, and not want to play it again. I want to play it like perfect. So you know, I'm very, I'm very surprised considering we have the collection of mana games where you have the you have the game boy version you have the two super nintendo games 
why couldn't they have just done a, a port of the Game Boy, the NES ones, the Game Boy, the Game Boy Color ones? I mean, you had so many to pick the from. Super Nintendo ones are the definitive of 1, yeah. 2, and 3. Like, playing 1 and 2 on the Super Nintendo, um, I have a, ha- a, hand, a, hand, a fan translation. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was the classic story where I was playing it. My daughter was like two, just starting to walk, and walked in front of the Super Nintendo, knocked over my Super Nintendo, and my oh. save file deleted itself on Dragon Quest One. So I, I never went back to Dragon Quest One. But um, that was the definitive edition because when you play Dragon Warrior on the NES, mm-hmm. you have to go to a menu to do anything, to use a door, to open a chest. They added oh, wow. a action button with the super nintendo version you can just press a to go through doors or open stuff so it mm-hmm. expedited things and they cut the grinding in half so like, uh. to grind it takes half the amount of xp to go up levels so you make progression better than the original mm-hmm. NES versions um i'm not sure about that progression in the mobile version i do know mm-hmm. they maintain the action button and everything on the switch game um, mm-hmm. but man, that jerkiness of the graphics is just disappointing to me. Yeah, it's very surprising that they picked the mobile version. Now, I mean, now I'm that's, glad- that's coming yeah. from watching people that have an early copy, and that's notorious for not being patched, right? So mm-hmm. they're probably putting out that review square is going to see it and hopefully fix it. I hope so. Let's hope, because, you know, I watched what was a happy console gamer, like, uh, mm-hmm. Johnny Millennium. Um, he's the one who was who was talking about the last one that I watched, and I like his videos. He's he's a straight shooter, and he loves mm-hmm. his Dragon Quest. Um, but like, man, I saw that, and so you said you got Dragon Quest Eleven. Um, did yeah. you get the slime controller? So I got the slime controller, yes. and I got the Japanese exclusive Dragon Quest console. Yes, you did. I saw that post. Uh-huh. Are you keeping it? <sighs> I am actually not. Ah, sad panda. So, yeah, you know what? I I made peace that I'm. You know, I I think we've always we, we talk about this every week now, but I have decided to just simplify how I collect. I don't want stress. And even You're though I've been, that. yeah, even though I've been fortunate enough that you know I am in in the know about when things go up for pre-order. I'm fortunate enough to be able to pre-order the games and the consoles and the accessories. Like I can get those, but I don't want to stress about them. I'm not saying that. All this stuff isn't worth it. I mean, I love that console is beautiful, right? It has a special dock design. It has the blue Joy-Cons with slime control, with slime characters on it. And from what I know, you cannot get these through the Nintendo store. Is that the updated Switch too? And it is the updated with the longer battery life. It has the processor. And you know, I, you know me, I was collecting every single console. I actually had, I had recently just gotten the Monster Hunter Double X one, and that was the last uh, uh, special edition console that I needed. And I decided, nope, I want to simplify. I don't want to stress. I want to collect very easily for the Switch. So I started selling them off, helping people who couldn't get them, and I sold my, my Dragon Quest. I actually sold the Slime Controller, and I sold the, uh, the console, but you know what? I sold the controller is just a novelty. Like if you're a Dragon is. Quest like guru, um, it's awesome. I remember getting the original release of that controller, the the one that came. I want to say that was PS2 with Dragon yes, it was. Quest. Yes, it was. Eight, and it had the squishy. It was all squishy, and I I was working at GameStop when when yeah. that controller came out. And I have you know it what? still. It's, I still have it. It's in the original yeah. box. Like I've opened it and played with it, and it's 
tacky because it's old and the paint kind of is tacky now, which is weird. But yeah. It's like sticky. Um, but I still have mine, but I didn't buy the new one because I'm like, man, I never used it's it. $95. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit expensive. With shipping. But I mean, cool. it's expensive. But it's super cool. <laughs> like, it, it, is, is. it is super it is cool. Awesome. And here's the and thing, I, though, JP. So yeah. if anybody questions you on your way that you're collecting, here's the thing. Say both of us in the future, the Switch is done and, and gone, and we decide, <laughs> oh, yeah, we want all those LEs now. Guess what we get to do? Hunt. We get to hunt for games, which I love hunting for games. So it's uh-huh. like it's it's a it's still like I'm a patient collector, and if I need yeah. something, like I'll go look for it later. And I mean, you're the same boat as me. Is you want a physical copy of every game? I want right. a physical copy of every game that I know I'll like, which is very right. subjective way of collecting. But I'm collecting for what I'll play. So, but there's so many games out there that I want. There's, I think I showed JP, there's like 200 games in my backlog that I need to buy. But I'll find them when they go on sale, or if we play it for the Playcast, or if I earn the opportunity to buy it, like Dragon Quest XI. Um, <laughs> um, I still haven't bought it yet, but I, I probably will, maybe this weekend, maybe next weekend. You'll find out on the Playcast if we do. But the way we collect is kind of like the way we go through life, too. Everything goes through ebbs and flows, right? It's it's very true. And, yeah, I mean, I want to get the games. I mean, trust me, I I looked at my shelves and all the different Joy-Cons and all the consoles and all the accessories. They are really cool. And when you display them, they look beautiful. And there are are collectors who just – like, it's funny. I have friends that just want to collect the Joy-Cons. They will buy a console – that has special Joy-Cons, sell the console, sell the dock. They just want the Joy-Cons. I have people that collect the third-party accessories, people who collect, you know, I have somebody today on on Twitter that said, I just want to collect Japanese imports that support English, right? Just that. I mean, everybody collects differently. There's no right or wrong way, and everyone's going to find their their, um, niche. their niche and center of gravity at some point. Like for me, it took two and a half years to realize what kind of switch collector I wanted to be. And well, it also ha- happened with you, JP, is that you thought that the switch may be the Wii U, where it's a palatable collection. You're like, oh, oh just, I'll just start it, and then things got crazy real quick. And even as we did the podcast, it got even crazier. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, you gotta probably go a little saner and. I mean, there's a huge thing to be said about limited editions and collector editions, and yeah. I I am still, like, I'm an old school gamer, man, and I just want to play the games. Like, a lot of the collector yeah. editions take up so much space. Like, the problem is, though, is that I'm kind of sentimental for a lot of games, so it's like, <laughs> it's like damn, I want that N64 box of ukulele, or right. I, I want this, or I want that, and, and there's a lot of them. Like, there's, oh, yeah. there's a lot of them, so I am kind of stuck because the Switch is doing everything right. <laughs> like, it's great to be, like, compl- not even complaining, but being like, man, there's just too much good stuff on the Switch. Yeah. That, that's literally it. Like, there's just so much awesome stuff out there. Um, like, it's funny. I, um, I posted on Tuesday, I said, I, I made a tweet, and I said, if when collectors look back, on what day was the most challenging for them? 
it's going to be next Tuesday. So this is the uh, I'm going to pull up the calendar. JP just this puts is... that on his profile and he uploads it every Monday. <laughs> it just literally it gets worse every Tuesday. Like so on Tuesday, October eighth, I can I started my list. So I always you know for my weekly release post, I always write down everything. I make a hand drawn calendar. I start researching all the games. Just retail alone. On next Tuesday, there are eleven retail games coming out with two of them having collector editions. Then in Asia, I believe, there's an import game on Thursday. There's a limited game on Friday along with another retail game. But Tuesday the 8th, um, 11 games. 11 retail games. That is insane. And what's even weirder is, if I recall correctly, the last two years, October seemed to have the busiest weeks uh, for releases. I don't know what it is about that month, but I remember taking pictures like last year and the year before of just like a huge amount of games that came in in one week in October. And I guess they're just trying to outdo themselves every year because 11 games. How crazy is that? You know what's even crazier? Hmm? Same day that the Switch Collector ends on Kickstarter. <laughs> Oh, oh, so JP's oh, oh. only going to be talking about the Switch Collector that day and not about 11 games. Oh, so. absolutely. <laughs> Those 11 games will be talked about on Wednesday. <laughs> That's right. Or on Monday um, with the <laughs> Switch Collector. Man. And it's funny. I went to Best Buy on Tuesday to pick up uh, a few of my new releases. And the, you know, the guy behind me, he sees me right away. He's like, ah, how many games you got? And I'm like, I think I got three or four. I don't even know anymore. So he, he's bringing them up. And I said, I just want to let you know, like next week, there's 11 games. He's like, that whole back shelf is just going to be yours, isn't it? I'm like, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> like, how insane is that? I mean, just as like, even just as a regular collector, that's intimidating. That's stressful for wanting to keep up. And it really makes you wonder at that point, are all these games necessary to buy on day one? Could no. I hold off? On? No, I know. But, you know, <laughs> as someone who has been very bad at saying I'm going to hold off, like up to this point, there is one game that I do not own for the Switch. And that's Lego Jurassic Park. Only because Lego games always drop in price within three or four months. Like it's like clockwork. That game will be 30 bucks. It'll be on sale during a pro day at GameStop for 20 bucks. Black Friday's coming up. It'll be on sale. Um, so my little tidbit right now, as I'm, I'm thinking out loud right now is the perfect time to start holding off on games because black Friday is a month and a half away Yeah. and black Friday, honestly, last year, so many games went on deep discounts at Best Buy, at Target, at GameStop. And a lot of them were the new release ones that had just come out a month or two ago. So honestly, like I am highly debating just, you know, keeping my list of games coming out and just saying, I'm just going to wait and just see what what um, happens on Black Friday. Because worst case scenario, none of these games are going to be hard to get. Yeah, but find, best case scenario... Find solace in your Excel spreadsheet that you have it yes. documented and you'll get it eventually. That's what I do. Yeah. That's why I have 200 games sitting in mine right now. And mm-hmm. like I, I see them. I can get them whenever. But I don't need them right now. And right. most of them will go down in price. <laughs> yeah um what is there any must-haves for the um the 11 like are there any out there that are like triple a like you're talking boy you're putting 3? me on this is witcher 3 out no not yet i thought that's coming like november right well, let's see witcher switch see we do everything live witcher yeah. 3 is oh my god that's october 5th oh that's october 15th 
So that is a week after week, week from Tuesday. So yeah, and then that Tuesday will be the hardest day switch collecting. And it, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So now that you put me on the spot, I'm going to have do. you talk for a minute as because I don't have my list. My list is at work in a notebook. I do oh, it at lunch, okay. people. Not You're not good. during work hours, but I do it at work. So I'm gonna I'm gonna quickly let everybody know. So I'm gonna just, just, just uh, AAA titles. We don't care about the the farming simulators and the everybody <laughs> cares about ponies, the unicorn pony games. Except for about <laughs> everybody wants that game. Um, <laughs> this is the one thing I don't get about Amazon. They let you go page by page one at a time, and I see like out of 126 pages, I can click on one at a time, and I'm just like, okay. So here are. Here is a sneak peek at the games. And see, it's hard to say what's AAA because there's no Nintendo games coming out. But I think there's some pretty, like, important titles. Well, I'll let you know if any of these I'm going to pick okay. up next week. Okay. So we're going to stick to just Amazon. So if there's something from another retailer we won't yeah. cover it today, you'll have to wait till my weekly release post. But let's go through them really quick just on Amazon. You tell me if it's a day one or a hold off. So let's play... Let's play the Do We Wait game with Jeffrey Wittenhagen. <laughs> so here we go. Another site. No. <laughs> Northgard. No. Trying for the Nightmare Prince. Um, considering that you're going to be sending me one through three, I think that's a hold off. But I'm de- <laughs> But I'm not. It's not a day one. Okay. Burger Time Party. What's the price of it? Thirty dollars. Yeah, I might get that one. Mm-hmm. And okay, just let you know, trying four on Amazon is five bucks off, so it's twenty four ninety nine only. Okay, nice. next that's one. That's not bad actually. That's a really good price. That might actually yeah. be a, a combo. Mm-hmm. Next is Call of Cthulhu. Um, maybe I'm I'm not sold on forty dollars. Not sold on it yet. Okay, root leather last last answer. No. <laughs> okay. The Alliance Alive HD remastered. Not a day one. No. Okay, and this is one that is getting a NIS America exclusive on their website for collector edition. So that's one of the two that I mentioned. Okay, next is Trine Ultimate Collection that has one, two, three, and four, but one, two, and three are digital codes, Hell and no. four is the only physical card. Not at all. Okay, Ukulele: The Impossible Lair. Um, yeah, that one I definitely. That's a day one. That's a day one because okay. that's more platforming than the original. Yeah. Yes, it is. Gun Gun Pixies. Gun Gun Pixies. I don't know enough about it. I'm pretty sure you play as a little pixie and you can see up girl skirts if I recall correctly. Probably not. <laughs> then Panty Raider. Panty <laughs> <laughs> party over here. <laughs> okay. Next is Spirit Hunter NG. Nope. Okay. Not a um, okay. So that is it that so, I have. And when on I'm saying Amazon. no, I'm not saying I'm not buying. I'm saying it's not a day right. one. So, right. Yeah. So, so out of all those, you you said about three, and that's that's manageable for a collector. Three new games in in a week. Three, and it's um, probably since there's three, it'll probably just go to ukulele. Um, mm-hmm. maybe Burger Time because my wife likes Burger Time. I might be able to pull getting two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. maybe. Um, what was the maybe. price on Yuka? Probably forty. Forty, yeah. Yeah, that's reasonable. That's see to me, forty's reasonable for a Switch game non AAA title. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's, you know, I've actually been thinking about, you know, how do I want to collect? What's the price point? To me, right now, still having the GCU, that's kind of my motivation to say, hey, just buy everything day one if I can, because I'm getting 20% off, and that's going to end at some point. But if I didn't have that, I think my criteria would be if it's not a 
a game that I really want to play, like I want to rip it open immediately, I would say $30 and below would be a day one for me. Okay. Because it's just, you know, to me, that's a fair price point. 40 and 50 that's where I have to start thinking, okay, is it a day one exclusive that has a manual, it has stickers, there's going to be a reprint where it won't have that stuff, yeah, I'm going to buy it. Otherwise, $40, that's a, that's a lot of money. Yeah, for a Switch game, it's perfectly fair, but when there's so many are coming out and you have to kind of manage how you're collecting, 40 is that cutoff for me where I go, okay, if I'm not getting a discount on it, do I really need to play this right away or am I even going to? So I, I would say come March, we should talk again uh, about my collecting because that's when my GCU expires. And that's when I'm really going to have to become smart as to how do I manage for the next couple years without yeah. an always discount. Yeah, that's a it's a big thing. And there used to be big discounts on like even on Amazon. They were they yeah. were pretty big and it's kind of went on the wayside. And um you have I have seen them start to pick that up. And even Best Buy, too, they start doing these ten dollars off. Well, Amazon, it's $10 off for Best Buy. It tends to be a $10 like gift certificate. So after you pre-order the game and you purchase it, you'll get a, a, a gift certificate to your account that you yeah. can use for Which, Which, okay, you know what? That's not so bad. If I'm going to buy the game and I'm going to get $10 back, that's not a bad deal. But, you know, majority of games don't have that. So you really have to kind of be smart about how you collect because... It's not going to slow down, and we're going to. It's going to be a long time before we start seeing that curve and the tipping point where Switch games start getting like further apart from each other. Because right now, it's it's guns a blazing. It's no, the wild man. west for Switch. We're not we're not seeing any slowdown in the next year yeah. or two. And I mean, in all honesty, it's picking up steam because the problem, mm-hmm. and this is a good problem to have, is that we're getting games from all generations. So. Yeah, and then the limited companies are also gangbusters. So even if we have a slowdown in retail, you're gonna mm-hmm. have various limited companies popping out of the woodwork doing a release that week just to pick yeah. up the slack. And it's never ending. It really is. That's why it's we've seen a lot of people jumping off within the last, even since we've launched the Switch Collector um, yeah. book. We've seen a lot of people jumping off, and it's it's disheartening. But I get it. Like yeah. I completely get it. I'm. I'm not one to sell off my my collection because I'm loving playing the Switch. Like mm-hmm. I open the game immediately. Like even when I get a brand new game, it's opened. the ca- The cart comes out because the cart stays downstairs with my Switch, and mm-hmm. then the case comes upstairs to be displayed with my collection. But I do yeah. that because then I know I gotta play it. It's out. I gotta. I gotta. Right. Gotta tackle it. See, I like I like your way of of uh, collecting and playing. And also, I always bring him up, but uh, Joshua Franz, the founder of Switchcore, he's smart. Every game he buys, he opens it up, and he plays a minimum of 15 to 30 minutes. And if it's a game that's well worth continuing, he's going to play it. If not, then he at least can say, you know, he, he tried it. And, you know, the way that we play and the way I play with the Switch Mania Playcast, 30 minutes will give you a good idea if you want to keep playing the game. You're, you're going to see enough of the game in the beginning that's that's going to either grab you in or say, like, okay, that was fun, and, you know, I'm going to move on. And he does it right. Me, a lot of the games just stay sealed until I until we decide that we're going to play it or until I find free time in my life and, and when my kids get older and I can just go, oh, this game's on the shelf. Let me try this out. So, And, and most people who have read my books realize that that's my review style is yeah. – I'm not reviewing with spoilers and the whole like completionist writing a 20 page dissertation on the legend of Zelda. I'm sitting here doing it from a 
minimalist perspective so that way mm-hmm. it'll give you a good idea if this is a game you want to pop in and buy like right is this worth is it worth it you'll notice with some of mine of course i have played and beaten them and mastered them and mm-hmm. it will sway my review a little but in general i try not to because i feel like it's a more objective review right. it's it's a little bit better worded it's not um as one-sided per se um mm-hmm. sometimes though it's it's hard when you got like a, a crazy game but oh yeah um should we pick, go to our pickups yes please oh yeah so um i've gotten in quite a few games actually um considering i think it's four physical games nice um i got a digital game which i recommend and then something else so um so the digital it. game that i recommend i got it for 10 cents <laughs> Um, Which game is that? Mecco Tales. Um, oh, yes. It looks really cool. It has a really awesome, like, artistic, like, very over-the-top art style. Mm-hmm. Um, it, But it is a Robotron or Smash TV style shooter, but in a platformer. That's awesome. Weird. It's weird. It's what it is. Like, like you can't, sh- like, you, you just jump. And you use the right control stick to fire your robot shot. Um, and it's like a scrolling type deal, too. It's, mm-hmm. it's really interesting. Definitely worth a dime. Like, mm-hmm. I use my star points like, when I buy games. <laughs> I use the star points. And I'm like, nope, this game's over a dollar. I'm not going to pick this one up digitally right now. Because I call it my gamble games. Like, whenever I go on the eShop, I just look at the deals. And there's games out there under a dollar. And it's like, well... Let's give it a try, and I would recommend Mecco Tales for sure. Like it's it's cool. Definitely worth ten cents. Like that's nice. I don't know why it's ten cents. It's ridiculous. Like <laughs> they put in way more than ten cents worth of work into that game. Like it's yeah. not just a simple port. Um, so games that I got that you already got last week <laughs> is Egalos. Yeah, nice. It came in good. Yeah, I got that. Um, and I've been playing it with my daughter. I got in Goat Simulator. Oh, okay. Yeah, now we're gonna have to make that. Uh, <laughs> my my wife is just like, I I haven't done a, a tweet size review in a long time. I was supposed to do YouTubers OMG. I really want to do Goat Simulator. I was like, go for it, open it up, and it's ridiculous. I think when we do that one, we're gonna have her on as a guest because I'm gonna make sure she plays that one. Nice. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. my daughter was actually grounded from electronics last weekend for. For Again, dinner. we're getting in trouble, and um, so Monday she had to, we got in Go Simulator on Saturday, and she had to look at it and not play Aww. it for two days. And it, we like, she's like, when when she got home, she's like, I want to play Go Simulator, and so we we played it on on Monday. Uh, for how is it? Oh, it's it's ridiculous, just as ridiculous. Uh, um, but you could play two player cooperative, so it's that's awesome. So we were running around doing crazy stuff, and it was just I didn't realize you could do mods until like a little bit into it. But you can like change into like birds and a dolphin in a wheelchair and like crazy stuff. Oh like, my god, it's insane! And then there's like other modes, like an MMO and a whole other like Star Wars looking game and. I didn't nice. know about those, but she's she's showing me the stuff already. She's still playing. She probably played it today again. Awesome. <laughs> um, so yeah, I got in Go Simulator, um, and you had to buy that. That is from Europe, so that's why yes. I I as for last week I went to GameStop and they're like, uh, we don't have this in our systems here. <laughs> I was <laughs> like, uh, I know it's coming out today, and it was it was literally in Europe. So Aww. damn. So I didn't buy that online. 
And it's odd. It's just, you know, we're still we're still seeing that we're getting games exclusive to regions. But thankfully, the system is region free and we have shops like Shop for Megastore that just make it very easy to import them. Yeah. Um, but it, it's funny. You mentioned Agalos and somebody had mentioned like, oh, you need to get more in stock. To, and they, they tagged Shop for Megastore. So Shop for Megastore is fun. Like, oh, we got more. Oh, wait, sold out again. <laughs> I go, wow, whoever's doing their marketing is just hilarious. <laughs> they they clearly just respond like, ah, and we're out. That is definitely a game we're going to have to play in the future. It just looks like a game <laughs> that's right up my alley, pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> um, game that I got in today, uh, Transistor from Limited Run Games. Nice. Did not get mine yeah, in so. But I know it shipped. Yeah, it should be coming it soon. cool and has a classic card with it and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got my limited run games version. Um, I definitely played that when it. I think it was either. I think it was free on either Xbox Live or PS4 mm-hmm. Plus, and I definitely played it. It's really cool Zelda like, if I remember right. Mm-hmm. Um, it just it has a really cool Tron like aspect to it. So, nice. definitely a, a cool release. And glad to see it physically preserved on the Switch. Um, Wait, which one was? Sorry, which one was this? Transistor. Transistor. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah it's with like the redhead girl on the mm-hmm. front. Yep. Um, I did also today got in my Super Nintendo controller from Nintendo. Yay! How many um, did you order? Just one? I just ordered one. Um, I'm mm-hmm. tempted not to open it from the sealed box. It's in one of those classic NES case boxes. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I opened up the packaging from shipping, and I'm in. It, I'm looking at. It, I'm like, man, it's sealed with like that cool <laughs> tape. Uh-huh. And I'm like, it's just not marked. But I'm like, I may not open it because I'm not going to play with that controller. I have the 8-bit one, and it's it's perfect. So I, I may or may not. I mean, there is an Easter egg, by the way, with that controller. I don't know if you know this, JP. Yes, um, it changes. Is it the menu to Super Mario Music? So it, the the border for Super Nintendo games on, on SNES Online is is red and it changes it to super nintendo gray with purple text and then it makes like yeah super mario world sounds and stuff when you move around i love that that's awesome it's super cool Mm -hmm. um yeah if i was gonna dedicate if we would dedicate honestly you'll get me to open it if we dedicate an episode to a super nintendo game on switch online or something then i will you know know, we should we could in the future for sure there's so many great games like i will talk about super nintendo or nintendo games um and (laughs) you know what you know what we would do jp we would play it online together Yes, we will. Yeah. It's so. I wish, you know, I really wish that for the NES and SNES there was like this definitive book out there that just captured all the games. Man, somebody mm. might have to come up with that sometime. One um. day, one day. <laughs> <laughs> um and the final game that I got is a year one hidden gem that I hadn't bought yet. Um Ooh. and I got it and it's a game I want to play with my daughter. It's called yeah. Portal Knights. Oh, nice. Yeah, we were talking about that. Yep, and I literally had to pull the trigger on getting a copy because I was like, man, I really need to get that. Uh, <laughs> just because like people were comparing it to Skyrim, but more like kiddish. And I'm like, man, my daughter's going to love it. She can play as a girl, um, and it's, it's really fun. It's mm-hmm. minimalistic, but it's a unique one for the Switch. It just looks like shovelware on the cover. It really does, and <laughs> it's, it's sad because it's a good game, so I want to dig into it more. I've already reviewed it for the book, but I want to I wanna dig into it and 
I mean, I don't know if it'll be podcast worthy because it's a long game, but mm-hmm. I mean, someday maybe because we're only on episode twenty-one. We got episode one million to go, so <laughs> oh boy, got to cover every game on the Switch, JP. That's the goal. Of the pod- playcast. <laughs> so, what did you get in this week? You probably got in like t- I got in seventeen thousand games. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten games only. Oh, that's not bad. But I will say, I think the only way I'm going to beat last two weeks episode is our next three week episode all i gotta say jp though is that last week they may have (laughs) listeners may have noticed that i said oh i'm gonna have all the games i get from jp over the weekend well we got stories later (laughs) yes we do that's true all right so i'm gonna so these are all i'm looking at they're all u.s releases surprisingly um and i'm just gonna go alphabetical minus the collector edition at the end so the first one is contra row corp it's the locked and loaded edition, and I didn't realize. <laughs> Let me a little yeah, I'm, I have contra tattoos, man, and no. <laughs> yeah, I, I heard this one wasn't wasn't that good. I haven't played it yet. A few people said it's not that bad. Other people said it's pretty bad. Um, I will you say though, you know what? Let's let people crap on it. Let's let them release a patch or two, and then maybe yeah. buy it because I'm gonna get it eventually. It's contra. <laughs> it's make me buy for the cast, and we'll play it. We'll give it our fair shake. There you go. But, and but on again. the front, <laughs> <laughs> on the front, there is printed on text that says "locked and loaded edition." I had no idea what that was until this minute. And in little text in the back, it says "locked and loaded edition" includes two character skins, DLC code inside. So it sounds like this is a first edition. Um, and if they do reprint it, it may not have those DLC codes. So Damn just to let, just let people know. All right. Next, I got was Dark Siders two. Definitive edition. Nice. And no, there is no uh, black spine and misprint <laughs> or anything like that. Everybody still thinks it was on purpose. It well, wasn't. Now, like those that have a black spine, now you gotta get the red one to be consistent. Otherwise, you have two different colors in the same series. Oh, not only did I get the black one because I was the only one that came out, then the red one when they reprinted it. But at the time when we thought that the black spine was the only way to get it, I imported it just to have a red spine. So I have lots of copies of Darksiders 1. I still even haven't even gotten Darksiders 1 yet because it's really hard to justify the Switch tax when it's like five bucks for the yeah. other, other consoles. You should, you should buy my uh, imported one. No, I have to have the red spine. If you don't care about region. No, no you should buy my imported red spine. Well, it has different, uh, I guess, uh, spacing. It's the, the, the alignment on the U.S. releases yeah. are at the top, whereas in like Europe, at least, it's centered. Yeah. In Japan, I think it's still at the top, though. So. Yes, yes. Yeah. Okay, so the next game I got is Dead by Daylight, and it includes four additional chapters and three cosmetic packs. Hmm. And I'm looking inside. There's no uh, uh, coat or uh, piece of paper, so it sounds like those things are included on the cart, which is nice. That's good. Uh, yeah, but it's a multiplayer game. But what's really weird is that the play modes, it's one player. What? But it's a multiplayer. So I don't really understand. You have to play it online with people? Yeah, I guess so. It says in-game purchases, boo. Um, a Nintendo Switch online membership and Nintendo account required for online play. But it doesn't say anywhere on the back about a single player. Um, so I have no idea You know, if they did the thing that they did with uh, Friday the 13th where they kind of created a pseudo single player option um this sounds like it's stuff yeah yeah but this sounds like it's purely multiplayer i mean it sounds cool but okay 
that's that's the next one. So we already talked about the next one, Dragon Quest Eleven S Echoes of an Elusive Age Definitive Edition, with literally spacing enough for two more letters on the spine, and then they would have been out. <laughs> this may ha- now become the record for the longest spine text. Will we uh, ever see a cut off spine text? I, or really small font. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would be sad actually. Oh, here's the next one with a super long... Uh, oh, my God. I don't, okay, I got FIFA 20, the Legacy Edition, which is the only edition for the Switch. Um, and this is what the spine says. EA Sports FIFA 20 Legacy Edition Splash Edition Legado. That is a really long text. And apparently this is a really bad uh, version. I think it got... Uh, did, it get, did it get a 1 out of 10 or a 0.1 out of 10? Yeah. Uh, it was pretty bad rating. Yeah, I, I'm okay. telling you, like sports Enough titles on, on the Switch are not um, generally loved, and it actually works in uh, our benefit that we're not going to see a ton. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? I played the so NBA 2K19 was on sale uh, digitally for like three bucks. I don't know if it was an error or whatnot, but I bought it a while ago, and I have the physical. But the game is fun. I mean, NBA 2K not a bad game. WrestleMania or the wrestling game bad. FIFA bad. <laughs> Basketball. Not so bad. All right, the next game I got actually had come out in Europe, I believe, last year. Um, it's We have a slightly different name. So we have Roman Run Rumble in Las Vegas, Asterix and Obelix XXL2. And in Europe, it was just called Asterix and Obelix XXL2. So we got the, the full name. Yeah, but they, it's the same game. We just got in Europe, right? U.S. release. They had two, actually. They had... A smaller box one with a figure, and then a bigger box one with multiple figures. Oh, nice. And they're doing the exact same thing with with Asterix and Obelix XXL3 coming out in Europe. Um, Me personally, right now, I'm probably going to get the regular edition in Europe, and then I'm sure we're going to see next year number three in the U.S. But, you know, for now, there's no number three scheduled to release in the U.S. So that's an interesting history piece is writing about... Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Sega Genesis, like, we don't see those games come over to the States. They're typically a UK-exclusive series, and we don't see Mm -hmm. a ton of them. There's been, I think, one or two, but it's been, like, computer releases. But, Mm -hmm. like, we don't see that come over here, so the fact that it was released here, it's why they didn't keep the name Asterix and Obelisk or anything like that, because, like, U.S. gamers wouldn't necessarily be... Uh, cognizant of it, but it's a long-running series. Like, Asteris was on... Yeah, and what's interesting is I had... Yeah, like a while ago, I had traded some games for Game Boy games from a friend in our Switch group on Facebook, and he lives in Greece right now, and he was getting rid of Game Boy games, I was getting rid of Switch games, and and I saw his list, and he had Asterix and Obelix 1 for the Game Boy, the European version. So I was like, yeah, I'll grab that, because you can play it. Um, and I picked it up, and I was like, oh, wow, that game sounds familiar, and it's because I knew it, knew the Switch version of it. But yeah, that game's been around a long time, or that series, I should say. Okay, next I got is Sniper Elite 3 Ultimate Edition. All DLC included, includes four extra campaign missions, extra weapons, and more, and I'm looking inside, and it doesn't look like there's anything inside, so it looks to be all on the cart as well. Um... But yeah, it says it includes four extra campaign missions, 24 weapons, and character skins. And it's weird. When the second one came out a while ago, I really wanted to play it. I never got to. Now the third one came out. I'm like, I really want to play it. 
and it looks like a fun game and i just i want to give it a shot i just i gotta find time for it but what's really cool is it says nintendo switch exclusive controls enhanced pro controller support hd rumble and motion controls so then it's pretty cool nice okay next is the retail release of tesla grad so if people remember the uh, regular version and the collector edition was available through Limited Run Games' uh, distribution program, where they are helping publishers and developers release their games physically. Uh, so it's not part of their numbered run, but it's one of the titles that they carried on their site for a while with an open pre-order. Um, so if you pre-order from them, it should be shipping soon. But if not, Tesla Grid is now available in stores. And what was really interesting is that this game was $19.99 on Amazon, where it was twenty nine ninety nine everywhere else, and I thought it was a price error, but they kept the price, so it was twenty twenty bucks on Amazon. Not a bad price at all. Hmm. Um, but it's only the regular version, so the collector edition has not been uh, made available yet to pre order in the U S. Uh, but it should be hopefully coming soon. Okay, game number nine. So this is the <laughs> second game. So this game got a collector edition through NIS. I bought the regular edition. It is, you know, A Girl Who Chants Love at the Bound of This World. Another long title. Um, but what's really interesting about this one is it includes a voucher code for 8-bit Uno's Great Adventure. Experience an action game set in classic 8-bit style featuring the characters from you know. I think that's Weird. cool. Weird. Um, yes. On the front, it says Day One Edition. So again, it sounds like if they're going to reprint this, that uh, that digital code for the 8-bit game may not be available. So this may be one that you want to pick up now as opposed to later. And again, there is a collector edition that was available through NIS's website, but it has been since sold out, uh, just to give you the update. And the last game I got this week is from V-Blank, Shakedown Hawaii Collector's Edition. Nice. So it came in very quickly because it was in hand already. Um, so the collector editions already shipped. And then the regular editions have begun shipping. Did you do regular edition? Collector edition. Oh, you did? And yours hasn't shipped yet? No. Okay, that's odd, because they started doing the regular editions as well. But, okay, hopefully yours will be coming soon. Um, But it came came in, and those are my 10 games for the week. But the week's not over yet. A lot of games. Um, Another thing I'd like to mention is that... um, There was an actual post by Limited Run Games. Um, There is a... October only available Zen Getsu and the Moon Goons artist cut print by Konami cover artist Tom Deboy. Um, it's two hundred dollars for a high quality art print, but like it's amazing. It's an art piece that they use with their limited edition of uh, Bloodstained. And this is on their site already. It's on Retro Graphic Books LLC um but limited run games like josh posted it on Mm -hmm. so it is a 24 inch by 31 and a half inch gickly is what it's called signed and numbered only 250 archival quality prints like like that is something that would be awesome to be framed like Mm -hmm. and it looks amazing uh zangetsu and so it was the one used for curse of the moon um, mm-hmm. The NES box, I want to say, which they did in a Konami style. Uh, this is the full art piece, though. So this would be something you would see, like, the artists have on display conventions and stuff. 
That's crazy. Like that's it's amazing. He's, they say that they're only doing 250 maximum um, available ever and only through October 2019. Um, wow. It will also include a certificate of authenticity and will ship out at the beginning of November after everything is done. So nice, nice. Yeah, it's been 25 years since he's done a um, a gaming artwork piece. Mm-hmm. So, like, it is part of the classic edition from Curse of the Moon, and I highly recommend it. It's an awesome, awesome piece. Um, I definitely want one, but I can't afford two hundred dollars right now, so I'll be holding <laughs> off. Unfortunately, um, those of you that get one, definitely tag us and, sh- and share because I want to see a copy of it in hand. Mm-hmm. Um, so, there's a piece of news that I was um, interested in talking about, and then we can get to our retro world expo panel. Um, sure. So the piece of news that I saw, shipping quality woes, JP. I've seen some posts of people getting in their red art games destroyed, like crushed. And so it looks like the packaging that they're using is like soft or it's just the boxes aren't being taken care of. And I mean, I just think of Special Reserve doing their amazing packaging with their custom shipping boxes and you open it up like a damn treasure chest and then the amazing packaging's in there with bubble wrap, untouched, like by human hands seemingly. <laughs> like it's just ridiculous. And then you go to this, which is Red Art, which is, I think this is their first major one they're shipping, right? And it's no, just... Uh- Brother, this is their third game. Yeah, well, they didn't learn. <laughs> like, it's just not well, good. Well, you know what the difference is? This is the first game that they've done a collector edition box style, yeah. where the other two, it That's was... That's what I'm uh, saying. Like, this is their yeah. first collector edition that they've shipped. And yeah. It's sad because, man, I, I think I got one coming in. I want to say I do, and it's going to be sad panda. Um, So what do you think about that, JP? No, I... I Yes, I, I think when you have uh, games that come in boxes and not, even if it's a small box like uh, Shakedown Hawaii, it came in a box. And what's interesting, I'm not going to, I'll answer your question, but um, I noticed that certain companies are using a, a company called Quality Packaging for their shipping because I've seen it with um, NIS, they use quality shipping. V-Blank used quality shipping, this company, and they pack it in a nice secure box. They have bubble wrap. And that's how you need to package these games. Cases are forgivable when they are packaged in an envelope because most of the time, you know, it, it will not it will not get damaged. But when you have something that has corners, uh, boxes, cardboard, you have to package it safely and securely. That's how I ship all my stuff out. I bubble wrap it, you know, profusely, just bubble wrap upon bubble wrap because, you know, a corner can get hit ever so gently and it could get dinged. I mean, that's just how fragile the packaging can be. And that's why whenever you have anything that's not just a case, you have to give it that extra little love. It may cost a little bit more. Maybe you put that on the consumer. Maybe you eat the cost. But it, but just to have that good reputation, you know, that security and that confidence from your, from your, uh, your, your customers. Is, is it, it doesn't cost more because it costs more if you have to continue to replace games that get damaged. Yes. Like that's the reality. Um, now, I'm not sure if this company you're talking about, the quality packaging, if it's a shipping warehouse, a shipping company, or if everybody is using that packaging and shipping it out themselves. Um, because, I mean, I even, at my level, I'm using a warehouse to ship out my books. And the thing is, is that 
it is a and some of my backers that listen they know um it's been a crazy headache sometimes where they're gonna ship it throw a book in a box and just send it out with paper and i'm like Mm -hmm. the book's getting damaged and i replace them because that's I'm i'm a collector too like there's no way like and i you know do um claims with insurance i cover everything mm-hmm. with insurance because you have to but as mm-hmm. jp knows when i shipped my books out to him like they're all individually bubble wrap now um it takes a little longer for me to input but it's well worth it for mm-hmm. peace of mind like because they're still putting it in crappy boxes but now it's bubble wrapped like yes. craziness so it, nothing's getting damaged like it can get through a nuclear holocaust now uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so i'm not sure like if they're using a company or if it's just packaging supplies uh, I mean, definitely Special Reserve is using their own because it's it's awesome. Uh, Limited Run definitely ships out their own too because I've seen pictures yes. of their people packaging and stuff. And oh yeah, in all honesty, if you're out there and you're you're thinking about shipping out stuff, like do it yourself if yeah. you can because yes. nobody cares about what you're doing as much as you do. And if you're That's... hiring a company, like if it's yeah. doable. Like for me, I work full time. Like I would not be able to get all the shipping done in in a month. Um, and it's how long it took my first one. It took me like over a month of straight shipping. Uh, whereas the warehouse can get it done quicker. But then there's the give and take of them shipping substandardly, unfortunately. But mm-hmm. I got my kinks worked out. Thank goodness. Um, yeah, I'll always pay. You're absolutely. Extra. Yeah, but you're absolutely right. When you do it yourself. You care. You always you always will care more when it's when it's your your uh, your fingerprints on it. I don't know the right way to say it. <laughs> JP hit a wall there, people. Yeah, I'm running out. I'm running out of words. There's only so many I know. <laughs> About Twenty-seven. That's it. <laughs> Crazy. By so, like episode like forty, I just like. So a uh, switchbook update, JP. Yeah. Um, yeah. I finished writing the entire book everything is done writing for physical editions um i've been going through and working on manually updating the layouts and then i'm now inputting everything into the book making sure it all looks great in the layouts so Mm -hmm. um that and that and then some of the digital only sections are being finished up by some of the the writers so that's pretty awesome um I did a poll. Uh, JP said, hey, you should do an update. And I'm like, I already did. And I didn't, apparently, for a week. <laughs> so I was like, oh, crap. But the poll was, is like, what kind of digital-only games do you want to see? Um, a lot of people were putting games that weren't from year one. I don't think anybody put a game from year one yet. Like, except for Kamiko. Um, Kamiko. Uh, even the one that they just, one guy put in a, a random one, a game in there, it was not from year one. It was like May 2018. I was like, mm-hmm. ah. Uh, everybody's missing the purview. There's one person that was tagging me on Twitter saying that they want to review Iconoclasts or Iconocasts. Mm-hmm. Um, and that wasn't released in year one either. So <laughs> I was like, well, that one's not released. And then I think the other game wasn't either. It was also a year two game. So I was like, mm-hmm. the two games you're thinking of won't go in that book there. But <laughs> that's still cool. It's still, still cool. But good news, you'll be able to back the next book and write for it. Yep. Um, so that being said, though, the Kickstarter will be ending before we record again. So mm-hmm. make sure you support. Um, so any of these physical items that are available with the Kickstarter are mm-hmm. not going to be available afterward except for the book. Only mm-hmm. the book will be available. Um, 
if it doesn't hit the stretch goal for the slipcase we're going to offer, and this is a podcast, so which may have Playcast exclusive, we are going to offer a slipcase for pre-order in the future, but we have to hit a minimum amount of orders to be able to make it happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's going to cost a little bit more because it costs, like, money. Like, it, it costs a lot to do a slipcase. It really does. It's expensive, but if we hit that stretch goal, there would be enough funding in the Kickstarter to be able to pay for it, and everybody could get it for free. If we don't hit it, we can still offer it if people want it, but it's going to mm-hmm. cost money. It's going to be an upcharge, unfortunately. Um, but we still can do it. I think it would be amazing. Um, mm-hmm. So stuff like that. Um, yeah, so that's where the Switch book is. Um, once the Kickstarter ends, and I have, and I'll I'll be posting an update. I'll be in training, but I'll still be able to post an update. Um, I'll post an update giving people information on content for. The contributors, those that are contributing parts to the book, uh, and deadlines and stuff, because it's going to be like November is when we're going to try to shoot to get everything laid out and done. So that's coming quick. That's like a month away. Mm-hmm. Um, that's going to go fast and in a hurry, especially when I'm gone for a couple weeks, too. Um, delays happen, people, and that's why the crazy date is on there. But like, mm-hmm. if we hit, if we stick to the deadlines, like I put in a buffer in there for me to edit and. and get stuff looking good because we want it i mean there's gonna there's gonna be editors i've seen members of the switch core community offer up um editing too so (laughs) i will happily have uh, some professionalized look at it as well um awesome yeah and i mean if people are spending hours and hundreds of hours and they edit like the entire book like it's not a something i would expect you to do for free either like it's people that like do a proper job they definitely are getting paid for their work right like it's a, I, I run a publishing company so mm-hmm. so everybody knows like this book will be great um and, and those that are contributing to the book um in the contributor section you have your own section too so it's not like it's going to skew a review of a game based off of one person like it's still going to have a consistent review section mm-hmm. and then your own personal stories which i love both so mm-hmm. why not have it all yep it's very true Yep. Um, yeah, it's been. I've been showing JP like the the ebbs and flows of people on Kickstarter. It's normal. Um, it's a little crazier because we have we've seen the switch uh, scene change in the last like couple weeks, which is insane to me. But um, but it's still awesome, and I appreciate every single one of you that supported. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. And you know what? We've got seven days to go, mm-hmm. and. You know, a lot of people are still, they've been holding off. They're waiting till the last minute. They're waiting for payday, even though, just let everybody know again, you don't get charged until the campaign ends. So get your get your pledge in now, you know, back it before it shuts down because you don't want to miss all the exclusive Kickstarter goodies. Plus, you want to be part of this. I think it'd be great to have your name in the book um, and just those kind of, and just, you know, be part of the first of an ongoing series now for all Switch collectors. And you know what? You know, whether people are cutting back on their collection now or even just starting out, this is the book for them. It's going to chronicle everything, you know, physical for the Switch, and it's going to be such a great piece to have in the years to come. Um, As more and more games come out, it's going to be fun to look back and go like, wow, that came out in year one, or that got a collector's edition? I didn't even know about that. So it's, it's a book for everybody, whether you're Hardcore collecting, casual collecting, you know, this is the Switch book that you want to have. So don't forget to back it if you haven't. If you have, thank you. And please share 
switchopedia.com with everybody you know. Go up to a stranger and just mention it to them. You never know. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, is that and JP found out really fast that it's really hard to get new eyes to see the, the campaign. Like, yeah. it's, it's it's a marketing thing that's never ending, and we both work, so, I mean, it's going to be as cool as we all make it as a community. Um, all my books end up being a passion project and a community thing, and it's, I kind of like it that way, because it keeps it fun and a hobby. Mm-hmm. Um, and if it got super crazy, like, then it would be so personal. So I kind of like it like that, even though, like, of course, if a million people backed it, it would be ridiculous. But mm-hmm. um, but the thing is, now we're going to have a cool niche amount of people that have an awesome book. And then when they have it, they'll be like, oh, where was that at? Well, you should have supported us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, so spread the word. Like, we're doing more of these. And the thing is, though, is that, you know, if we have, like, say we hit the next stretch goal but like it might be a small print run <laughs> like believe yeah. it or not like in the switch it might be a small print run and i say that's small you know, that's like a thousand or less like <laughs> like but think about it like there five thousands of small print run for switch releases and yeah. we're talking a thousand books like that's not even enough for all everybody who's bought a copy of a limited run games release and once we get into year two they're all gonna be like i want the first year well I, yeah i guarantee you i mean i don't know you know everyone has their own reasonings for not backing it or holding off but yeah year one you're right it's a lot of the retail releases with very few limited um you know you could think of one or two but year two i mean just kicks into overdrive and i don't know about any other collectors i don't want to have just a year two book on my shelf i want to <laughs> have everything i want to have year one year two yeah and when you look at the sizes of them I mean, they're going to be so vastly different, you know, whether we split year two into two books, we somehow make it fit into one, but year two could have its own sub books. I mean, that's how big it's going to be with the limited people underestimate how big the books are going to be, too, because like my virtual boy book, that game had a handful of that console had a handful of releases. It's 180 pages. Mm-hmm. like it's a big book for a handful of games and like the community's big there's a big homebrew community but like the switch year one is bigger than that and yeah. so like just imagine then year two is just gonna be insane and yeah it's it's gonna be super crazy um and i mean we may not even do kickstarter for year two it might just be a pre-order service um mm-hmm. once we and like i'll figure out a way to do percentages and once we hit the the amount of pre-orders then we publish it like yeah. that might be the way to go maybe i don't know like and let us know like with feedback if you'd rather not use kickstarters and a lot of people are against kickstarter which is another thing so people might mm-hmm. just pre-order the book after because it's, it's gonna be available for pre-order and um i will put pre-orders toward the stretch goals so mm-hmm. like we may still end up hitting the Japanese section, right? Um, but I know, I know one of the feedbacks that we consistently get from our overseas friends is that the shipping is high, and I always try to explain to them that <sighs> that cost is already subsidized a lot by you out of your own pocket, and I don't think people realize it's going to be by weight by your country, people, and right. it's going to be like sixty dollars. Like, I'm not even yeah. kidding. Like, it's going to be double the amount, and there's nothing I can do about that. I have to ship right. it. I can't. Right. I can't You're not give making you any game. money off of their shipping. Well, like, like, literally, if I subsidize the shipping anymore, I'm going to pay you to buy my book. Like, mm-hmm. that's literally it. Like, 
like you want the book for free and I give you $10 out of my pocket. Like that's what people are asking me to do. And it's like, and I still got to make the book, publish the book, create it, put in hundreds and thousands of hours actually. Um, Mm -hmm. like, no, I I can't do that. Like it's just not a way to run a business and not a way to run a business so I can keep making more books for people that can actually get them. Like it doesn't like, ah, and I do this as a hobby and it's like, I still have to run it as a business, which is, crazy and then people are so like well why is it so much well the book weighs eight pounds or yeah. five pounds like like jp it's, knows he had to carry some of these books around not only that i've had to ship stuff overseas for our giveaways and i ship a four five pound you know system overseas it's a lot of money i don't think people realize just how much like um shipping in the u.s out to outside can be mm-hmm. and i mean you're you're take you're eating that half of like almost half of that cost just to help people from you know the uk australia anywhere that's not the u.s just get your book for a lower price and i don't think people realize that but you know what sadly if they hold off and then they you know they back it or purchase it at a later date they're gonna see and they're gonna go why is it now 60 dollars?" and we're gonna say well we were cutting the cost for you by the author eating up that money himself out of the kickstarter campaign because yeah. it's a, a big crowdfunding thing like yeah, exactly that. um the thing is is that when people ask later i'm just gonna post the usps shipping calculator exactly on their website I'm like here you go um here's what it costs um yeah. i don't make it up here's what it's gonna cost you and yeah. like it's it is what it is though it is yeah it's it's beyond our control and a lot of times when somebody asks you know like on the switch group like oh do you ship overseas i was like yeah so i weigh the item and i let them know the shipping cost they're like wait it's how much for that one item and i and i take a screenshot of usps i'm like this is exactly the dimensions of the box the weight of the game nothing more i don't make a penny off of shipping and it can be pricey and a book like this i mean it just it's hefty it's a big book and the um, thing is is they do those um what is it the flat rate boxes yep but those are expensive too but yeah like, they are my books don't fit in them right like the smaller flat rate ones my books are 11 and a half inches by eight like if i made my small pocket guy could fit in one mm-hmm. um that's not that doesn't cost an arm and a leg to ship that's why those right. are a little bit cheaper um, but the big collector books, no, like, sorry, mm-hmm. like that's, and until I get big enough and everybody supports it and we're making a ton of money where I can get European distribution, which that's insane, but it takes European or international distribution to cut costs. And mm-hmm. as a small publishing company, no, it's not feasible yet. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, but here's the good the story. news. <laughs> here's the good news. Everyone has seven more days to back this book. So you've got time. You're listening to this. You're going to listen to it on Thursday. Yes. Maybe even Wednesday night if you're lucky. And you have time. You can go to switchopedia.com. And just click that button and, and secure your copy for a really good price if you're outside the U.S. If you're in the U.S., shipping's nothing. So back it today. Yeah, it's like $10 shipping or something. It's like yeah. negligible. And what's nice is, and we'll get into it, but like, you know, working your booth, and just having time to look through all of the books. Because I have your NES. I have your SNES. I don't think I had your Definitive Edition, though. Um, and I was looking through all of them. I mean, it's it's amazing the work that goes into it. So I'm just going to praise you for a few minutes. So your head's going to get a little big. But it's growing. Your, book, your books are great. Everyone who stopped by, one was sad that you weren't there. They all wanted to talk to you because they met you before. Or 
they, you know, they knew about your books and they had bought them and they just wanted to meet the author. So they were a little sad when they found out it was JP and not Jeffrey. But <laughs> I mean, it was funny how many people would come up and be like, I remember Jeffrey. I would talk to him about this obscure game and he knew his stuff. I mean, like you couldn't make up like the knowledge that he had in his head. And I go, yeah, I'm like, he, he wrote these books. I mean, he puts the love and care into all of them. And the books are just fantastic. And what's funny is your SNES book, there was a woman who came up and goes, there was an SNES game that talked about diabetes. Does he have that game in there? Yes, so I said, well, what's, I was like, what's the name of the game? And she looked it up. I think it started with a P or an S. It was the around Captain there. Novelin? <laughs> Something like that. And I started flipping alphabetically and I'm like, and I opened it up and she's like, wow. He has that game. I was like, he has every game. Like, he researches. <laughs> he did not miss a game. And she was just like, I'm impressed. And, you know, it's, it's just great to see that. And it's, you know, sometimes you have to see the product, right? It's hard to just con conceptualize it. Yeah. And even with the Switch book, you know, we don't have a prototype to show. Um, you know, they just know who we are. We show, you know, teaser pages. But when you see these books, I mean, you, you look at your previous books, I mean, you just see the level of detail that goes into them, the, the custom artwork that goes into it, you know, every every section of the book. And I mean, the Switch Collector, I think, is going to be your best book. You know, I'm not being biased. I just think it's going to be your best book. And I really hope people realize that before, you know, it's too late to secure your copy. That's all I'm saying. Well, it's so worth it. And the thing is, is that, like, I have this problem of trying to raise the bar and do my next book even crazier than the last one and mm -hmm. you can tell like if you have my super nintendo book and you have the definitive you're like oh my god it's 630 pages now instead of 500 mm -hmm. and every super famicom game that's worth collecting as a u.s gamer is in it now and like it's like oh and there's printing on the inside of the covers and bookmark ribbons and yeah like, stuff that i always wanted but i had to incorporate and you know, get my printing done at the source and do a lot of excess marketing and i'm in control of everything i don't want a, a publisher that is out of touch with reality and how gamers actually like things to be con in control of what my books look like, mm -hmm. like i i want to do everything and like i will let people perfect it because that's what post publish like pre-pub and and post-publishing finishing is but it's still I want everything to look exactly how I want it to. So when you all see the virtual boy book, like you're gonna realize like people are like, I hope you don't decide to do black with red text on it. And I'm like, Yes I am. And uh -huh. I have it. It looks amazing. It's it's awesome. JP would have saw it last weekend. Um, uh, it might be time to talk that story, JP. Yeah, let's talk about oh, Metro God. World Expo in Hartford, Connecticut. And I didn't make it. So, <laughs> no, you like, did not. So Friday happened, and I was flying out. Uh, I think I told JP I was getting into, like, what, 11 p.m. or something? Mm-hmm. Um, so that gave me all day to hang out at the house, work on some book stuff, and then I was flying out around 4 or 5 p.m. my time. I'm in Central Standard in Texas. Um and before I even got out, I, and by the way, I was able to pick up my daughter, hang out with my you know, family before I left, which was good because my daughter's in school. So I was able to do a little family time. That was the point. Um, and so before I even got to the airport, it was already delayed my flight 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. And as I've mentioned, I'm in the middle of nowhere, can't drink the water, Texas. Um, <laughs> it's a puddle jumper plane to get from here to Dallas. 
Mm-hmm. So it was already delayed 15 minutes. Like, they will cancel this flight if it's windy. It's ridiculous. Um, but it was delayed, and I told JP, I was like, oh, there's still time. Um, then, before we even got to take off, we waited another 15 minutes. Because it's a busy time, is what they said. I'm like, mm-hmm. it's a scheduled flight. Like, <laughs> get in like I don't get it. Um, so that was already 30 minutes then. I've still had plenty of time. <laughs> uh, we get in the air. We get out there. It, they said, we'll make up the time in the air. No problems. Um, mm-hmm. And then we land. And I'm looking, and I'm like, man, I got plenty of time. I got like 50 minutes till my flight takes off. They don't board f- till like... 30 minutes before it'll take me like 15 20 minutes to get to the airport because it's on the mm-hmm. exact opposite side and then they said oh we're waiting for a terminal to open so we're sitting there waiting and waiting mm-hmm. and i'm texting jp like hey i'm waiting um and then they're like all right we have a terminal but now we're waiting on somebody to work the lift thing that goes and connects to the plane mm-hmm. <laughs> so i ended up waiting like 30 to 40 minutes to get off the plane at dallas That's- that's crazy. And so I look at the time. I'm like, crap, they're already boarding. Um, and I have to get from Terminal E to Terminal A. So I literally ran a mile and a half from Terminal E, sprinted, got all the way to the – you have to get to a train thing, but it was the Sky mm-hmm. Mall train or whatever. And it was like a mile and a half. Like we're at the annex edge of the – the Dagon terminal mm-hmm. and i got all the way over there i'm waiting and then i go i run up i finally get to terminal a i run up and as i'm running up they're closing the door and they wouldn't open it i'm literally looking at them i'm waving they're like sorry we can't do anything and i'm like <laughs> looking i'm like what and then somebody comes in sorry we can't open it and i'm like the plane's right here my flight was just we were sitting on our plane for 40 minutes and you're telling yeah. me you can't open it up 40 seconds too late and they're like, no. And I'm like, wow. so I go over to the customer service, which is like two things over. And they're like, uh, so this is the only flight that goes to Connecticut. Uh, tomorrow we can get you in by 9 p.m. I'm like, oh I have God. a panel in the morning at Retro World Expo. I'm a panelist at a convention. They're like, oh, well, we could fly you to L.A., Los Angeles, the exact opposite side. You can fly all the way across the country. I'm like, yeah, fine. Put me on it. They're like, well, that's about to leave, so you have to get across. So I had to run across the entire airport again. Oh my god! Get on the. I got on the thing. Got over to it. It was already closed. Like the flight was already final boarding. Like they didn't let me on. Wow. So then I'm going. I go back over to a different customer service that's over in that terminal, and I go. Uh, so they just put me on LA. It wasn't even open when I got there. Um, they're like, okay. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna put you on one to Chicago. It's already been delayed, so it's here still. Um, oh and then, then at Chicago, you can fly tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. And you'll get out to Hartford at 9 a.m. So I got there just as the convention opened. Um, so I missed the entire night to hang out with JP, play Switch, and hang out with the <laughs> Video Games Monthly guys. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm like, fine, I want to get out there. Um, this whole time I'm talking with Lance, who runs the convention, too. He thought I was just mad because he left me and you off as a guest. Mm-hmm. accident he didn't mean to um he, <laughs> he didn't realize and i'm like dude you're flying i'm flying out he's like oh yeah that makes sense <laughs> um so he thought i was i was like no and i called him i was like i'm at the airport in line he's like oh he, he felt real bad but i was like no man um so anyways i get there the lady puts me on that flight i'm sitting there it was already delayed like six hours by that time 
it was pouring rain in Chicago that day. Um, apparently, the so we're Jeez. sitting there, and it got delayed another hour. Um, then when they put us, they're like, all right, we're going to board. We went and boarded on the flight. Um, I started mm-hmm. watching John Wick 3. Um, <laughs> well, was How was it? Um, it was it was good so far. Um, uh, and then they said, uh, so the power's out at uh, Chicago Airport, mm-hmm. and they canceled all flights inbound. So they canceled our flight again. And so I literally, and the thing was, they're like, we're, not, we're canceling it and we're rescheduling it. It's going to leave tomorrow at 9 a.m. My God. What time was my flight out of Chicago? 6 a.m. <laughs> when I got to Chicago. So like, I was like, so now I'm going to miss my flight to Hartford. There's nothing that gets me into Hartford, Connecticut before 9, 8 p.m. or something. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is crazy. I'm like, no, I, I, I was like, so I, I went and waited in line again um, and just said, can I get home? <laughs> like, <laughs> and so they said, yeah, you have to go to their website to get reimbursed. Um, I assumed that they would charge me for my flight to, from San Angelo and back. Um, mm-hmm. They actually reimbursed me everything, by the way. Um, That's good. My bags came in on Sunday. They flew all the way around the world, by the way. They, I looked at them. They were like going to Phoenix, Arizona somehow. Oh my God. Um, I think they end up going out of country too. Yeah, I got them on Sunday. Um, they delivered them to my house too, and it looked like it went through like a charcoal soot, like they were dirty and black, and and it's a gr- brown bag. Like, um, so yeah, so I ended up. Fortunately, I was on a standby to get back to San Angelo that night, and mm-hmm. fortunately, I, there was an open spot, and I was able to get on there. And I got home at midnight. I got home the same time when I got to Hartford. Mm-hmm. So. Got home, and then I spent the weekend just playing games and watching TV and writing. And being on a panel still. And so then, yeah, so that was my crazy story. Um, I I am, and JP doesn't know this, but I've been writing memoirs for years of my life as a gamer, and that got written. I'm in your book. That whole situation got written, absolutely. I didn't finish out the weekend, but I wrote Friday's Adventure, and I wrote what was supposed to happen, and then so now I'll be able to fix it. And it's an ongoing book; it's going to be huge. Um, the, through the eyes of a gamer, like a Dio title, but gamer. Um, mm-hmm. but that's that's the title of my my memoirs. Um, it was Rob Strangman or Strangeman. Um, he did the memoirs of a virtual caveman, and he said, "You got to do yours, man. Your your life's crazy." He said, you got to do it. He's like, the way you put out books, you'll have it done in a week. And I was like, <laughs> I've been writing it for four years. Um, but this wow. is like a book book, like a narrative. So it's my life growing up and everything. Um, and everything gaming, because I've seen it all from Pong all the way. So That's awesome. It's going to be an awesome book. And then my, the conventions, the stories, like it's going to be cool. Um so that made it into the book for sure. So it's nothing is ever a wash, but I definitely wasted eight hours through the airport. Yeah. Like I left at four p.m., didn't get home till midnight. I got to Dallas and back. <laughs> it was crazy, and there was like a four-hour wait on the phone because you had to go to AA AmericanAirlines.com and then you go to a phone call. Um, I didn't do a call back. They called me back at like one or two a.m. They said, oh, yeah, yeah, we're like, oh, my God. That's what they said. And they're like, well, we'll reimburse you for everything. And um, I haven't seen the reimbursement, but I'll have to check. I should have it. Um, 
but that that's the only silver lining and the fact that um so while i'm on the plane waiting to get out to um to, to chicago i'm on the phone with jp who's checking into the hotel um, oh, hotel was in my name um so we had to switch it over right to J- we had to switch it over to jp um <laughs> because jp's there and he needs somewhere to sleep um so we look up and they're like, yeah there's no there's no wittenhagen and i'm like dude jp i i got this in august man like, i'm like just like, give me the confirmation number no, i was like i called them on the phone they didn't give me one they never emailed me and you're like man i was like i have a government right so you should be able to find me since you know my main job um and then so I was, he's like you better call so i called up the lady says tells me the same stuff and i'm like and so she looks at my first name she's like it's are you you're, but you're not Jeffrey Hagen, are you? And I'm like, they have me under Jeffrey Hagen instead of Wittenhagen, really? <laughs> like, that's what happened was they had me under Jeffrey Hagen. And then what's funny is JP's already talked to the guys because I delivered my books, which, again, we're talking about shipping costs. It cost me $100 to ship my books stateside. Um, mm-hmm. They're heavy, though, like JP knows. It's, oh, know, my God, it's so heavy. He got to work. I had to bring a dolly, and even then. Yeah, even then. Ridiculous. Even then. Um, but, yeah, so basically um, JP already was talking to the guy, but the lady who I talked to said, oh, yeah, you're the only one that can get your books, by the way. <laughs> I'm like, oh, which, God. Which was not true. No, but in all reality, that's kind of scary that they just gave you the books without really any kind of authorization from me. Uh-huh. But, but that's Twice. kind of weird. The, but... the guy came out with the books in the lobby. I was like, I don't have a room. I'm like, I'm so sorry. Like, could you put them back? He's like, no problem. And then I got the room, and I was like, oh, like, could I get the books sent to my room? He's like, yeah, no problem. And the guy came up, didn't have to sign for anything, just <laughs> dropped them off. And I was like... This is good to know. If I know where you're going and I'm not part of your convention, I'm just going to be like, I'm here to pick up uh, Jeffrey Wittenhagen books. I'm, I'm here to pick up the auction item video <laughs> games in here. Just ship them up to my room. Oh, okay. I, I think there's a stadium event under some kind of name, but it's for me. Oh, okay. Thanks. Yeah, thanks. Oh, I appreciate it. Like all these <laughs> Nintendo box and NES games. Um, no, but that, that's a little weird, people. Like, it's, it's standards and processes. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that, that's definitely in the story too, by the way, cause that's, that was crazy stuff. Like, oh, like yeah. literally under the wrong name, like it just wasn't our day. And then right after I was like on the plane and my buddy, Mike Tendo goes, Hey, um, so I didn't realize like at first that JP, like without me there, JP wasn't going to stay Saturday night. And mm-hmm. like, he's like, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and cancel. I'm like, yeah, no problem. Um, but rewind Mike and Mike Tendo, Mike Levy and rewind Mike didn't have a place to stay and they would have mm-hmm. taken over the room for Saturday. And I'm like, Oh man. Yes. I'd like to blame you on that one. And, oh, I, I didn't even think about it. I was running through an airport multiple times. I hit like three or four miles of running that day. Got my cardio in apparently. Um, I was so going to just like cancel in the morning and you're like, call them right now and just cancel. And then I did. And you're like, did you cancel? I was like, yeah. And then the guy, I think it was Mike came up to me in the morning and he's like, so you had a room. I was like, I'm so sorry. My, um, my thoughts behind you though, was that if you canceled within 24 hours, I think they would have charged you. Mm-hmm. So like canceling the night before saved you. Um, because mm-hmm. I had it reserved through Sunday night because I was staying until Monday, actually, because mm-hmm. the cheapest flight was Monday night, and I was going to fly back. 
Um, which means I would have just got back like <laughs> yesterday at midnight or Tuesday morning or something. It had been mm-hmm. bad. It had been real bad. Um, but yeah, so that was crazy. And then um, I jokingly said, as my wife mentioned, it's like, JP should pretend to be you at the convention. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, I'll try. And I was like, oh, that was like, my wife was putting that out as a joke, but <laughs> but it was pretty cool that like like if I would have been there, like I wouldn't have had any books left. But I don't think I've ever had anybody sell more than like one of my books at a convention. You're, you know what? I JP I have to bunch. Yeah, I sold eight, and technically, Retro Revolution, who was right next to us, sold one while we were at the panel. <laughs> JP's so, like so I'm at the table and I think it was one of the guys who uh, Patrick Milligan who runs Retro GameCon in New York he's like so is all this stuff free and he tagged me on Facebook or <laughs> somewhere and I'm like I'm like JP you're not at the table you're like yeah I am and I'm like uh, there's a post online dude I am allowed to go to the bathroom and shop for games I'm sorry <laughs> yeah I, no it, though like running a, yeah. a a table like i never get to leave that's the hardest part i'd say because right when you leave is when somebody's gonna come by yeah it's true Murphy. like a lot of times so retro revolution the guy had they they mainly are streamers and they have a channel but uh one of the guys brought his 500 about out of 700 nes games all in box mainly with the manuals um and he was like yeah, I've decided, you know, it's time for them to go. The wife wants them out. And the way he was selling them was he would look up, you know, at price charting and take like 50, 60% off. So oh, getting damn. getting to know him for the day, you know, I you know, I, I started out at your booth and I'm just peeking over the, the barrier and I keep looking. And I was like, oh, how much is that one? And he's like, nah, five bucks for you. And he's like, listen, you want anything? He's like, you know, I'll work something out. He's like, we'll give you a good deal. So I'd start walking over to get a better look. Then somebody would come to your table, so I'd run back. Then I'd go back to his booth. And I I don't buy NES games, but I bought like 10 of them. And it's good they were... for him. And I'm that's yeah. the, the shining thing is I would have spent a lot of money. Because <laughs> yeah, no, I would no, have bought stuff. Like. No joke. He, hands down, was the best price table. And he wasn't even really supposed to sell. Like somebody, another... Uh, vendor came up to him and was like, you're not supposed to be selling. I'm going to tell on you because they're technically there for like streaming and promoting. He's like, well, I brought the games. Like I'm just putting them out. I'm not really advertising them, but they were mad because like his prices were so ridiculously low compared to everybody else's. It was like, that's what I do. If I ever bring games, Uh I brought those Neo Geo games to classic game fest and I was selling them cheap and people were like, man, how can you do this? I'm not a reseller. Like this doubles dude. Like, and that's what he, that's what he would say to people coming up. He's like, "Are you going to be reselling this?" And they're like, "No, no, like this is for me." He's like, "I'll I'll work with you." He's like, "I just don't want to sell them to resellers who are going to just price gouge people." So like you know, like an eleven year old kid came up and he's like, "Yeah, you like I'm starting to collect for the NES with my dad," and he's like, "Yeah, I'd like fifteen bucks for you." He's like, "I want you to enjoy it. Like grow up to be a gamer." And I'm just like, didn't retro resolution. Wow. I think he hit me up online or email, and he said he he dug like my books and everything. It's cool, dude. Oh, really? uh, one one of the people on his team bought two of your books. That's what it was. Okay, yeah, because they were, they were really cool about it. Oh, like, they were awesome. We could not have been next to a nicer group did of you, people. Uh, did you talk to Adam at all, who was across from you, Square Painter? Yeah, I saw him. I didn't get a chance to talk to him. Man, yeah, I go way back with him. I shared a booth with him at Too Many Games a few years ago when I lived on the East Coast. 
Like mm-hmm. we shared a, a booth. Like I literally like took over a whole spot that I wasn't supposed to and had my books out. Like awesome. awesome. I've roomed with him. Like it's weird that he didn't even come and talk, but he gets really stressed at conventions. He gets anxiety for some reason. I don't know why his artwork's great. Like he may have just been really sad that he didn't see you. He's so sad he could not. He like, couldn't even come talk to me. Couldn't even talk to you. He was so pissed off that I wasn't there. <laughs> People were like, they're like, these books are great. You wrote them? I was like, yeah, I don't like to take credit, but I wrote them all. <laughs> so I said at the panel, JP's going to say you wrote all these. He's lying. <laughs> oh, it's hilarious. Um, I actually, um, at Classic Game Fest, when I did my panel with Brett Wise, you know, another gaming author, um, I had one of my buddies that I'm, I actually met him at the convention with him through another buddy who actually does pixel art, kind of like Square Painter, um, Ryan. Mm-hmm. Um, but his buddy there, his name was Jeff. <laughs> that was the best part. So he's watching my, they're like, are you Jeff? And he's like, yep. Because <laughs> his name is Jeff. <laughs> and it was like, he's like, yeah, but I'm not the author. I'm like, you should have just played with it. <laughs> he was messing with people. But yeah, like... So the things I did get accomplished the week over the weekend, um, I did uh, a tiny barbarian art piece that's like epic. I showed JP mm-hmm. and he's like, "Holy shit!" Um, so I used found art, um, which is you know art pieces that I find at like Goodwills and stuff, um, and then I put the pixels of at by request of the developer, by the way, um, mm-hmm. by Starkwell. Um, the pose of him flexing and then the girl doing her hair flip. Um, mm-hmm. Barbarina doing her hair flip. And that was the by request. And they didn't know what I was putting it to. And they were like, <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Um, they wanted, they want me to use some kind of, they had a specific artist uh, for if I could find it in the future. Um, the style that they would mm-hmm. like for a future one. I'm going to try to find it. Maybe I'll like, yeah. send it to those guys because they're really cool. Like Starkwell. Really cool. Um, yes, they are. And I also started uh, drawing out one too, because I'm actually doing a, a painting of Tiny Barbarian DX. Um, nice. Yeah. So that one, it looks like they're sunburned right now, because I start my art when I do pixel paintings and stuff. I start it with marker, and then, mm-hmm. I, then I go over it with paint later, because I I just want to template out everything, make it look good. Nice. But I am nowhere near as good as like Square Painter or Ryan, <laughs> like. Like, those guys are awesome. These guys are pros. I'm just a hobbyist. <laughs> <laughs> You're so modest. Hobbyist. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, like, man, so I, I never let anything, you know, go to waste. But mm-hmm. um, definitely sad. But we still had the panel, the Switch Mania Playcast panel. Um, you mm-hmm. were joined by Grant of Video Games Monthly. And I was on Skype terribly in. <laughs> I did my best. Um, the Skype thing was 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 a nightmare, but my internet here is iffy too, so that doesn't help. Um, and the thing was is that if they would have had a better setup over there to get yeah. me in, like we didn't have a laptop or anything, if they'd have got me we, in, like I could have been on video on the screen. We were supposed to have a laptop, and then at the last minute, I was told that they that somebody at Video Games Monthly did not bring the laptop, even though they thought they did. So that's why we uh, ended up having to use the phone. But we were supposed to have a uh, laptop. Yeah, so we had a plan. Uh, the plan didn't go, but we still... I was able to record most of it. <clears throat> I had to do some mm-hmm. heavy editing because the delays and everything, it was like everything was going in slow motion. So 
those mm-hmm. of you that are listening to that panel, like some of that slow motion might still be in it because I didn't go through every single syllable as uh, mm-hmm. Ash Williams from Evil Dead would say. I didn't get every single syllable, but <laughs> but um, I did get most of it because when you do audio editing, you can see where the hiccups are. And mm-hmm. it would literally like slow down like, like that. <laughs> and then it would speed up. So like, yeah. but if you cut out that slow down middle, you can get it. The, the sentence actually goes and flows. Mm-hmm. So I have I have it down to a quick art, but um some of it was was pretty bad. Um so that was a pretty bad audio recording, but it was literally due to my connection on this side. Um, mm-hmm. cuz the thing was is that when I'm saying JP had a crazy Skype call, like that was the video for me to see. The audio was still fine. Mm-hmm. Um if if my internet here in the middle of nowhere can't drink through our Texas would have worked. <laughs> Um, so go over the panel. Like, how did it go for you on your side? Yeah. So minus all of the technological hiccups and calling in and trying to get all that set up, I personally was very nervous. So I'll backtrack a little. So Friday night, I'm in I'm in the hotel room and we're talking back and forth through text. And all of a sudden, you're like, Yeah, I'm not gonna make it. And I don't say anything. I'm like, okay, maybe we're not doing the panel. You know, you're not here. So I was like, so what are we doing about the panel? And you're like, you're going to do great. Don't worry about it. Like, that's literally (laughs) what you said. You didn't even say, like, I think we should still do the panel because you're there. You're just like, you got this. And I go right back to, like, public speaking days where I normally am okay, like, ahead of time. Like, in school, if I would have to speak in public, I would prepare. But I just, you know, lost my entire appetite. I think I lost 10 years off of my life and I was just, I was nervous. And it's funny because, you know, I talk, I tell people about this and they go like, well, you can talk. I mean, it's the Nintendo switch. And I'm like, yeah, I can talk, You're but I'm going to stop I, talking. And you did. I don't, I don't stop talking. And I, I don't normally lead the conversation, right? Like we are a team. So you talk, I reply, I talk, you reply. And it's like a back and forth. It's like a tennis match back and forth. Which is and the here, best way to do podcasts. I love podcasts like this. Yeah, like I personally would never want to do a podcast by myself or with anybody else, but I would definitely not want to just be talking about things. I like it's a dialogue and it's a we're telling a story back and forth to each other. So when I thought we were going to do a panel together, I was very excited because we've done 20 episodes of this up to this point. We have a good we have a good rapport. And then you're like, I'm not going to be there. And I just go like, (laughs) how am I going to talk for an hour? I mean, like I know the switch, but. How am I going to talk for an hour? So the first thing I thought was, well, let's see if I can get somebody else in. And I first thought of Video Games Monthly because, you know, they do the retro collecting aspect where they're sending old school games to your house. And we're doing we're talking about the newer aspect of collecting with the Switch. And I thought that's a good bridge the gap on the old versus new. And they Um, supported the Switch collector. And like, so those of you that are Video Games Monthly subscribers should see our Switch Mania Playcast and Switch Collector promo card coming in your shipments now. Yes. Like today. They, are, they, they shipped and they're coming. And also for Switch Player Magazine people, collectors in the U.S., I don't think the magazine's arrived yet, but it should be arriving in the next day or so, still in time for the campaign. So when you get your book, flip to the very back, you'll see an ad. Flip inside, you'll see an interview with Jeffrey Wittenhagen, and it'll just motivate you even more to get go to switchopedia.com and back the book. You don't think that came out yet? I got my copy. From you got your copy? I did not. All right, so when maybe I talked about is... it on the cast a week or two ago, I got it. 
Oh yeah, you sent me pick. I did not get mine yet. Yeah, that's when I got mine. So mm. hmm. mine always seems I, a little delayed. I hope everybody's is delayed, and now everybody's <laughs> gonna go rush to switchopedia.com. <laughs> I did not get it. Crazy. Huh. Um. So yeah. So do so let the, me keep the panel. Yeah. So going back. So I I go up and I'm not gonna lie. I want our panel to be successful, but I was kind of hoping nobody would show up because <laughs> I was just so nervous. And of course. When we both spoke in April at uh, a, what's the name of the convention in April? Midwest Gaming Classic. Midwest Gaming Classic. We had like four or five people in our panel. Yeah, and it, was, that was... it was you, me, it was Kyle <laughs> Gilbert from VGBS Gaming Podcast that we recently ended with a cool 100 episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just a pause. It might be a forever pause. Um, <laughs> and then we had Saru Mario DJ, who um, does Saru Plays on YouTube. So he's a huge mm-hmm. YouTuber, too. And but, I mean, we had, like, we had like four people in the audience. <laughs> I, and for whatever reason, it was, you know, it, they didn't really advertise it right, you know, one reason or another. But so I come in, and there's already a few people in the, in the seats. And I go, <laughs> okay, like, this is happening. And by the time we were done, I think we had about, like, 20, 25 people, which yeah. really good. I mean, honestly, like, when you realize, like, where we were in the building, we couldn't even find it. We went to, like, three different corners to try and find yeah. this room. So the, the I, people- I will say that some conventions, and it sounds like this one, also Midwest Gaming Classic, like, they hide the panels in the annex and it's like it was like we i mentioned milligan patrick milligan like the last year i went to retro game con before i moved like i was with thor ackerland we had four people thor ackerland the nintendo world championships winner and Uh we had four people because nobody could find the panel people came to me all convention afterward where was your panel i'm like oh it was like over here like nobody knew and, well, we were, yeah, and like it's just like man, you would think that you would make things very clear where things yeah. are, and it sounds like that's the same deal. And like so, game on! I was with Nerdy Nick uh, doing mm-hmm. the Switch panel, and we had a packed house, and it was like literally right out the panel room was right there, and we were the first panel on while people were still at work, and we had a packed house, like crazy. So it sounds yeah. like though you're in like the back annex of. It, it was ridiculous because they were like, oh, you're just one floor above the convention hall. We go, okay, so we take the elevator. As soon as you walk up, there's like a dead end to the left. And then you look to the right. It looks like a dead end. And then as you walk around the corner, there's this teeny tiny hallway, like opening. And then it opens up to more of the floor. So we walk all the way there, nothing. And we walk all the way back thinking there's another teeny tiny corner that opens up. It didn't. So everyone was like, uh, maybe you're one more up. So we go up. And then we, you round the corner, you walk down like three more panel rooms to get to ours. I mean, we were in the back of the back. So yes. I commend everybody that attended because I almost gave up looking for the room. It's um, bad when the panelists can't find the room. Yeah. It, it, I mean, I love the convention. Nothing bad about that. Mm. It was just very confusing to find the, the panel rooms. We need um, to but, make sure that we give Lance, who runs it, some honest feedback about that because they'll take it yeah. seriously and be like, hey, man. Like, people could yeah. find the, the panel room. Yeah. And, I mean, if we have a chance, like, in the future when we do them, I think I would want to find the room first and then make posts about, like, how do you get to there? Um, because otherwise, 
I, I can imagine there's probably like hundreds of people who wanted to come and they just couldn't find it. So, well, and the funny thing was, is you could tell JP was in convention mode because people were like, "Hey, where are you at?" And he says, uh, "Booth 13." I'm like, "Hartford, Connecticut, JP. Hartford, <laughs> Connecticut. They don't know what state and city you're in, man. Like, like you're posting on Twitter, not on the convention Twitter, like." <laughs> Oh, that was funny. It's like I'm at booth thirteen. Um, the crazy thing was is one of my um buddies I've known forever, Larry, could not find you. He said he lapped around multiple times and he could not find the. He did the best of NES homebrew wooden box set art. Wow, oh. old release of mine that I did. I did a a ten NES homebrew box set back in the day. <laughs> and he did the art for it. It's awesome. I'm looking at it right now, it's up in my collection. But like, like dude, I was at your table for the most part. Yeah, but I'm just saying though, he didn't even find my books. Yeah, but he's the moderator for my Discord channel too. <laughs> like he's awesome, dude. But he's like, yeah, man, are you at the convention? And I said, I I texted him on Sat. Or by the time he sent it to me, it was like Sat. It was during the panel or something, mm-hmm. and I said, "I said no," and he didn't get back to me till Sunday. And I'm like, "Well, JP's already gone," so that was the thing: is JP only stayed through a part of the day on Saturday, unfortunately. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Not a part. I stayed until they shut down the part convention hall. Part of home. the day. He didn't even go see the auction afterward, which is amazing. I went out to eat. I was hungry. Working your booth you is eat. tiresome. <laughs> having to pretend to be Jeffrey Winhagen for like nine hours is not easy. That's very true. I'm like five feet shorter than you, and uh, it's not easy. Okay, so the panel. So there we are. Grant uh, joined me on stage, and, you know, we started talking about the Switch, and I tried to make it a little open-ended, ask people, you know, how they collect, you know, what are they collecting. We talked about just the collecting scene in general from day one to where we are now. We talked about limited publishers, the rise of them collector editions limited editions we talked about the switch collector book in great detail we talked about the switch i can tell you were getting nervous because i i would have to like as you were starting to lose track i would just butt in because they really didn't know i was there because it was like the phone was looking at the ceiling part of the time um but like i would come in and go hey jp you probably should because people like they would ask oh who knows of super rare games and like nobody would raise their hand i'm like jp you probably should do a limited publisher 101 right now and talk about Uh each one and he started to go off his jp non-breathing for a sentence tangent (laughs) and i was like perfect we gotta get i I was like my goal was to get you off on rambling tales because that's what you needed (laughs) (laughs) and see that's why you needed to be there because you are good at that and you're just good at at panels in general because you've done these before um but you're right so you know we went in history and you know what it's funny because even after i finished i was like i know i didn't mention everybody and then as i was driving home just more names started coming up like i am 8-bit i didn't even talk about and (laughs) and i don't even i think i mentioned v blank but i'm just like there's just so many yeah you got but you know but and then i was like i didn't even talk about signature edition games i didn't even mention them and it's just like one after another, I was just like, that's how many there are. So that's, you know, things we talked about. And you know what? The, I thought the panel went really well. It, it lasted, minus the hiccups in the beginning, I would say a good 40 minutes, um, which I was impressed that I could help keep that conversation going because I just, I do get nervous that I'm just going to 
run out of things to talk about. Even I will though let you know if I would have been there, um, we would have got yelled at for going over because every time <laughs> I do, like they're all like, wrap it up. <laughs> like, <laughs> like we just go off on tangents, but it's, I've done a million panels and it's fun. And I think we had 30 ish minutes of palatable, um, panel time on the episode that's live. Um, mm-hmm. which is the episode right before this one. Um, and I didn't number it because it's a panel. It's fun. Um, mm-hmm. Just like developer interviews and stuff. It will it won't be a... I, I feel like a... Besides for episode zero, a Playcast episode has to have a game associated with it. Mm-hmm. Whether we talk and about I, it for 20 minutes or not. Like. And we did have... Um, so the Waffle who is a reviewer on JP Switchmania, was there with his son. And he came to the panel and he actually recorded a video. Nice. So we are going to get the video that I'm going to put up Hopefully soon once JP Switch Mania's YouTube channel. And we'll put it on the website as well. Um, but yeah, so he captured, I believe, the whole thing. So we may even leave in the uh, as a bonus feature at the end of the uh, of the panel episode all the technical difficulties. And maybe I'll put in some funny Benny Hill music. But no, I thought the panel you know, went well. Um, I was excited to do it. It was a lot of fun. Grant from Video Games Monthly was great. You were great on the phone. We made it work. Um, yeah. And then after that, just working your booth was, was it was, it, it drew me back to the days of working retail, uh, standing for the most part all day, just talking about the book, you know, sell, trying to sell it and, you know, be honest about it, that it's just a great book that you should own and getting to flip through it and see people flipping through it and talking about the games that they remember growing up playing and games they didn't even realize were out. So it was just, it was fun to be part of the convention scene, talking to the, the booth next to me, walking around. Um, it was a lot of fun. I, it was a really big crowd. I thought it was well-organized, minus the panel layout. Uh, and I'm really sad that you weren't able to come because it's, you know, we don't get many chances to hang out in person. Um, so I was really looking forward to that, but this was actually my first East coast convention in over two years as well. Uh So there's a lot of people that were very disappointed. I couldn't make it out and I'm including like, I know Lance too runs it. Mm -hmm. Like I knew everybody. It's like, man, and I will say a lot of people came up asking, you know, if you were here. And I was just like, I'm so sorry. He, he couldn't make it. He had flight issues. And they're like, ah. Yeah, because, I mean, it's crazy. Like, I'll go and there's no such thing as sleep at conventions for me. Like, I don't mm-hmm. get to see everybody ever. So I don't do anything but hang mm-hmm. out and have a good time. And it's disappointing because it's part of what I love about the community and about doing the hobby like the books are just a means to an end to a means or means to an end like it's just to be able to continue spreading the passion and the love of video games like Mm -hmm. awesome um i don't have another convention the rest of the year and i'm moving across country so the next convention i'm going to is probably midwest gaming classic again like next year okay yeah like that's probably the next one because um this month in October is retro is Retro Palooza in Dallas. The same weekend is Portland Retro Gaming Expo. Mm-hmm. The same weekend is both conventions, and Portland is like the mecca. Like it's, you got to go once in your life. It is amazing. 
guys who run it are awesome and passionate, Chuck and Rick. Um, they're awesome. Um, and if I could go, I would love to go. Retropalooza would have been a couple-hour drive for me. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, an eight-hour round-trip flight in Dallas. Um, <laughs> but... Um, like I would love, and I, you know, I go way back with the game chasers, Jay and mm-hmm. Billy. Um, did Jay end up making it out to the convention? From the game, yes, and I actually ran a contest with Jay and Video Games Monthly for a autographed copy of their season four Blu-ray. So Jay missed the same flight I did. Oh, how did he get there? But what he did was because he lives in Dallas, he took a train to the other airport. Oh. He went to the other airport, and then he only could fly into New York and took a train <laughs> from New York to Connecticut. Oh, yeah, he made it. But yeah, he ended up making it, but he had to do... He knows New York, so he's able to get on train and stuff. He did some crazy stuff. Like, mm-hmm. like he is dedicated, but that's his life. He's out there. That's what he does for a living. So I was, I was like, yeah, I, I couldn't make it out, man. But Jay is awesome. Like, he made it happen, like... I will tell you, he's more resourceful than I was that day. I tried to let the airport help me out. They failed me. They oh, yeah. failed me big time. Like I tried. Um, mine, mine was a nightmare. His was he probably just went home and then <laughs> went out to <laughs> flight and flew out and then took a train out. Like his was mm-hmm. easy. If I lived in Dallas, or if I would have known his plan, because he didn't get back to me for a while, but like I would have been like, hey dude, can I just can you pick me up at the airport and I'll just go to your house and fly mm-hmm. with you airport would have changed my flight i would have done it um but yeah i still want to say and the reason why i said jp would do fine is like we were invited as guests out there so like the fact that we had a table space we had a you know passes like we got to do the panel man um i was supposed to do a second panel too with mike levy and i couldn't do that either so the sunday panel um he ended up having a lot of youtubers on there and stuff so it was still a success Nice. Um, I do want to thank Lance for having the Switch Mania playcast out. Um, yes, thank that you. We had a good turnout, and mm-hmm. hopefully uh, Lance will have us out in the future. Yes. I did make a um, a. I don't know if it's a reservation in my brain or <laughs> I'm for the future. I'm never going to do a not straight through sh- flight out there to a convention. Mm-hmm. It has to be no stops, straight out. Yeah, there. that's that's how I've learned to fly. Even if it's a little bit more, the few times I fly, I try and just do direct to avoid any of those uh, layovers and running around. Yeah, where um, I live currently, you can't do direct, but like, mm-hmm. and I really can't do the four-hour drive to get to Dallas, because um, then after the whole convention, I have to drive four hours back. <laughs> like, right. that's insane. Um, but. When I move out to Georgia, I'll be two hours from Atlanta. That's easy. Mm-hmm. And what's funny is, um, not last year, but I believe the one of one of the Midwest Gaming Classics, um, either a year or two years ago, I was supposed to go, and it was at the time where I was just um, nothing with the Switch. I was just friends with Video Games Monthly, and they said, you know, come hang out with us. And I got to the airport. I was right in front of my gate, and 20 minutes before I was supposed to board, they canceled the flight because it was, I believe, Delta, and they had a shortage of pilots and planes, so I couldn't even make it out there. Oh. And something, and it was like a beautiful sunny day, and I was just so mad because it was going to be my first big convention I go to, and 
Yeah, just something about planes and conventions don't always go hand in hand. Man. Yeah, but you know what? I was lucky enough to make it out to this Midwest, lucky enough to make it out to Hartford, and whatever one we do next, I'm going to make sure we get there. And I hopefully, you know, the, the attendance grows, especially now that the Switch Collector book will be out at that point, which will be amazing. We'll have something to show. And, um, yeah, I can't wait to see, you know, what the future brings for our attendance at conventions. <laughs> so I think it's a good time to wrap things up. Um, yes. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Make sure you head over to switchopedia.com. Check out the Kickstarter. Um, if you can, throw us a, a little bit of support um we'd appreciate it it'll help us make the book even better um you can find me as always um hagen's alley on facebook and the twitter and then um instagram is hagen's alley books uh you can see me on social media what about you jp the twitter twitter i always like that i am on everything almost so we are on YouTube, right? So with the unboxing videos that have subsided a little bit, but now our Switchmania Playcast episodes are on there. And that is JP Switchmania. On Instagram, JP Switchmania. My website, jpswitchmania.com, has over 430 reviews and counting of digital and physical games. I also put out my weekly release post. So every Saturday, Sunday, a post goes out showing you what's coming up for the week. And that's all the games supporting English everywhere in the world, retail and limited. If there's collector's editions, limited editions, all that information's there. So it's your one-stop shop to keep on track. On Twitter, it's JP Switchmania, and that's where I live. So you'll see the most content really on the Twitter channel. And now's a good time to just mention two giveaways that's happening right now. Yeah. Um, so, the, so the first one is a very big giveaway. Um, and I hope people know about this one because it's pinned, It's the pinned tweet. So it's the very first thing you see when you come to JP Switch Mania. I have partnered with Hagen's Alley. I have partnered with UniKeep. And we are giving away three Nintendo Switch lights. Yeah. A yellow, a turquoise, and a gray. Each one is going to come with a game. And each one comes with a UniKeep uh, DX case. So those hold 60 cartridges. And it's going to be the same color as the console that you win. You also get an autographed copy of the Switch Collector book. Yeah. Seriously, I mean, like, this is probably one of the biggest giveaways I've ever done. It's going on until October 11th, so you have a little over a week to go. Um, but I honestly wouldn't wait because it's, it takes five minutes to enter. It's amazing prizes run with great companies. Um, Plus, but, if you go on right now, you can daily until it ends. You can actually right. keep going and supporting the Switch Collector. Yeah, just to give people an idea, nine days left. There are 26,203 total entries so far, Man. by far. And all you got to do is do what you're doing already. Follow JP Switchmania. Follow Hagen's Alley. Subscribe to the podcast. I mean, it's simple stuff that you're probably doing. But enter. It's free to enter, and you could win an amazing prize. We got a bunch um, of y'all that listeners, at least those of you that left us some feedback and stuff, like have been on. So you can tell us. We know you're in it to win it. Yeah. And it's a win it. But that's not all. So I decided to do another giveaway. Oh, and of yeah. course, now I'm trying to find that tweet and I can't, but I'm going to talk about it as I'm searching. So I recently hit 14,000 followers on Twitter. It was amazing. I can't believe like the number continues to grow. And as of tonight, we are at 14,400. Um, 
So that's just how fast it's going since Sunday. But my giveaway is Super Mario Party, brand new for the Nintendo Switch. All you have to do is follow Mrs. Switchmania, JP Switchmania, like, retweet, and tag, and that is it. Um, it, it, it goes on until October 4th, so you still got another day. Um, and just to give you an idea, there's over 1,500 likes, 1,200 retweets. I have a little fun video for the giveaway. I normally do a picture, but it's a very fun video, so hopefully people found humor in it. Um, but please enter that because you could win a free Nintendo Switch game, and who wouldn't want to? Um, and that's still not all. <laughs> um, I have partnered now with Nin Nin Games to run two giveaways, so those are coming soon, so stay tuned for that. I've partnered with Dispatch Games, and I'm really excited because this is a uh, Switch Mania exclusive, but I am actually in the process of getting the contest ready um, with Dispatch Games, and what we're going to be giving away... I hope you're ready for this because, Jeffrey, you don't even know about this. Nope. We are giving away two original sketch pieces. Oh. Um, it's by the developers of, developers of Rathergy Swag. Um, so at the Tokyo Game Show, they hand-drew two custom uh, artworks. It's a 9.5 wide by 10.5 height on artboards that were made at the Tokyo Game Show just for Dispatch Games. So I have pictures of them, and the contest is going to go live. And on top of that, we're going to be giving away a regular edition copy of the game itself. And the way that the giveaway is going to work is you just have to draw the main character. You don't even have to be a good artist. It's not about who can draw the best. It's just about draw the artist in your style, and you're going to post that underneath the tweet, and that's it. It's going to be a very fun giveaway. I definitely think it's something that everyone should take part in. It's going to be open to all regions. Um and yeah, I think it's just going to, I think it's really cool because I've never, I don't think I've ever given away original artwork and the artwork looks absolutely amazing and it's autographed by the, by the developers. So it's Daisuke Nagata and Yoshihito Masubuchi. So they are the ones who nice. drew it. So each one drew a different one, um, just to clarify. So you can win one of two. Um, but yeah, that contest, we're just preparing for it. We're working on our contest image for that. So that should be going live hopefully in the next day or so. And I have to apologize because there's actually one other contest that I'm running right now. Um, you don't want to be known as the contest guy, JP. No, I don't. But you have um, 27 contests going on. So this run, this one, first time ever I partner with Nintendo Soup. Great Nintendo site full of Nintendo Switch news. Um, and we are giving away a physical copy of the Asia-exclusive Final Fantasy VII, Final Fantasy VIII Twin Pack. Um and that contest actually ends on the 3rd. So if you're listening to this on the 3rd, you've only got a few more hours to enter. Uh, so just find that tweet. I'm going to reshare it again. Um, but we've almost got 2,000 likes and almost 2,000 retweets on that, uh, which is amazing. But it's Final Fantasy VII and Final Fantasy VIII physically for the Switch. Who doesn't want that? So make sure you enter that. Um, when does Again, when does the, um, the three Switch consoles end? So that ends on October 11th. So you have got until so that's gonna next end Friday after the Kickstarter is over. Yes. Actually, so those of you, if you think that you're gonna get the signed copies of the book, like the Kickstarter might be over by then. Right. So that's unfortunate, but that'll be fine. Um, so thanks everybody for listening. Um, yes. Remember that we're playing Link's Awakening and Sydney Hunter, a double header. Um, we're going to record it with a, a double episode type deal. We'll figure out how we split it up. Um, and we will see you next time. See ya.
See ya.